1069. We're online at WRQK.com and back after what feels like a six-month vacation, Phantom. I feel like I haven't been in here in forever. Yeah, how do we do this? What do we do right now? Well, luckily, dude, job's not real hard, right? <laughs> okay. We just keep saying stuff. All right. And, I, and then I believe we get through it. It's uh, Dude, we, we were smart and did this. Came back to work on a Tuesday. Yeah. So it is new Tour Tuesday. You're getting new Fergie, new Luke Bryan, new Theory of a Dead Man, all part of that at 9 o'clock. Now, normally, Monday at 8 o'clock, we talk to Scott from winning for next year. But we're lazy enough to have texted Scott and said, hey, dude, are you willing to do it on Tuesday? So coming up at 7 o'clock, we'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. As a matter of fact, coming up at 6.30, we're going to let you take a hear a little bit of uh, little bit of Hugh Jackson from yesterday, or from, from the other day, rather, sorry. And, uh, you know, his press conference after going 0-16. We'll let you take a listen to you here in a little while. But, man, what a what a, what a dismal day that was. Plenty of sports to be talked about. Oh, yeah, but, Isaiah coming back. Uh, but, I mean, once again, it's, dude, the Cleveland Browns and their terrible, abysmal attempts at football will be that's the topic, topic A. A. That's, I mean, to- that's topic A, dude. You've got, you've got a national championship getting set up. You've got a, an all-star point guard returning. You've got all these different things happening. And it's like, nope, we have to talk about this terrible awful All right, team. now you bring up an interesting point. Because I think you take Ohio State out of it, most people would rather talk Browns anyway. But right. if Ohio State was setting up to be in the national championship game, I still think 0-16 like, takes that over. It is a special bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, It's not just like, uh, do the Browns suck like always. I mean, it's 0-16. That's, that's, that's absolutely terrible. That is really bad. So, dude, give me the rundown. What happened on vacation? What'd you do? Um, I mean, where do we start this whole thing off? I know exactly where we start this whole thing oh, off. No. We start the whole thing off at the Christmas bar. And uh, it feels like this was forever ago. It really does at this point. Is this the Christmas party? Oh, this 100% is the Christmas party. All right. So Fantone shows up maybe, I don't know, 30 minutes late, a little fashionably late right there. Yeah, I was on time. As I walk in and, you know, freshly post-showed, there I see him, dude. Sansbury standing in all of his glory, wearing wearing a Santa outfit, dude. I was blown away by that entire thing, dude. Honestly, nothing made me happier my entire break, and I did a lot over break. Nothing made me happier than Dan Stansberry standing there rubbing his big old Santa. I loved it. You were so proud of yourself, dude. It was so fun. I, uh, dude, I. Here's the thing. I think I'm a costume person now. No, I do. Dude, it got me into conversations with people I wouldn't have never talked to. Which I know you're thinking, Caesar, you would hate that. Right, right. But I didn't. And there is, I kind of get it now, where there's a freeing thing that happens in it. See, now, when you said that to me the night of the party, <laughs> he's drunk. I was like, he's drunk, I'm drunk, everyone's oh. drunk, who cares You what were saying? drunk. Oh, dude, it caught up to me. I didn't think I was that bad, but my girlfriend, it started at 3, and my girlfriend pulled me out of there at like 6.37, and like by the time I got home, I was like, whoa, bro, you dude, are wrecked. She texted me, she was, your, she was your DD, and was like, she texted me when you guys left, and be like, Matt just asked me to orally service him in the line at Taco Bell in the drive-thru, so like, it's probably good I got him out of there. I, I thought it was Wendy's, too. I kept asking for spicy chicken sandwiches. My girlfriend's like, you idiot, where's this Taco Bell? Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, so I end up at home eating Taco Bell, complaining that it's not Wendy's. I sat on the bag of Taco Bell. I, uh, I apparently called my girlfriend a right-wing fascist for not letting me lie down and eat crunchy tacos. So no, the Christmas party was a, wow. re- a resounding... Fe- Tone wrecked, dude. I mean, wow. it it uh, it really was something there. So I uh, I I just wanted to let the audience know if you see Stansberry 
dress up, you know, just, just uh, like anything. Who knows? Maybe Baby New Year he's going to come dress I, up. Uh, as. Well, dude, Instagram, Dan.Sansbury is where you can see those photos. <laughs> actually, Facebook.com slash Sansbury Show. Those are up there as well. Hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah, no, Good I enjoyed that. Like I actually, that. dude, I really enjoyed that. And neither one of us expected to, but both of us can walk out of that saying, Oh, like, yeah, the party, too. Yeah. No, on top of it. Yeah, no, the party, <laughs> no, the party was a good time. Which, by the way, I don't know if this makes me crappy or not, but I got a yeah. really good, like, we got door prizes. Yeah. For the Christmas party, and I got like a really good Amazon gift card out of really? that. Dude, I re-gifted it, and I gave it to my sister-in-law for Christmas. Does that make me bad? No, because you were going to do it anyway, right? Yeah, no, I would have I would have went overboard on Roxanne anyway. So, so. you would just kind of did the flip-flop yeah, there. Just save myself were, the hundred bucks. Right. I mean, essentially, you took it out, you know, what is it, Peter and Paul and paying yeah, each other and whatever that, that is. Um, also, that happened over the uh, over the, over the holiday break. Did not get engaged. Okay. Did not get engaged. <laughs> That's but, next year. But, uh, but an absolutely, uh, what do I want to say, an amazing experience for me, um, and I just have to tip my hat to the Canton Charge so much Oh, yeah, I'm, I was, I'm interested to hear about this. Yeah, man, Charge in Cleveland happened. It was the 28th, so it was just kind of like in the middle of break, and I got up there, and they, of course, had us go up there super early, and like my boss was so concerned about this game and was just, you know, putting everything he had into it, and like, I totally get that, but you know me, I show up, and I'm like, alright, cool, man, here, what are we doing? And so I kind of like walk around, and I'm in the, like, the bowels of the building, and then I see like the court and there's nobody there to stop me. So I'm like, all right, I'm going out there. So I walk out there. The arena, the queue is 100% empty. That's a cool feeling. And it's just me walking out there. And I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. That is. And cool. I'm a little afraid to like step on the court. I'm standing there like on the cusp of it. Like, this is the most amazing thing. And then I stepped onto it expecting like LeBron to come out and hug me. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, no, this is just you. Ripping um, tearaways off. But dude, it was absolutely incredible. Um, a ton. Of, of people made the trip up from Canton, so that was really cool. Um, it uh, that is. Cool. It, I mean, it, 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 if nothing else, like boy, what a our boss at courtside. For that. Yeah, he did, and honestly, I saw our boss more this vacation than I've seen him in the past six months, dude. Saw him at the at the charging Cleveland game. Saw him at a charge game. His boss loves hearing that. You know what I'm saying? It was just it was just like, what do you do? Why are you here yeah, all why, of a sudden? Why, why are you around? Like, right. Everywhere I go, and all of a sudden he's like, hey, showed up at the Christmas bar one night while I was working. I'm like, what are you doing here? Like, why are you even here? He's like, hey, want to come see you, buddy? And I'm Boredom. Like, why? Yeah, dude, when that guy gets bored, the weird things start happening. Um. So yeah, so those were, I would say the two highlights, Stansbury and the Santa costume and, and, and visiting the queue and Having them, uh, having them allow me out there with Ahmad Crump, and, and it was awesome. What's uh, what's the stale tale? Of I, uh, yeah, dude. Some when I watched that video, here. I was like, oh, he's so. Dude, I actually got lucky enough to play a pickup game on that court once, right. and that was that's really cool. So, right. like, I knew for you, like being a huge Cavs nerd, I was like, oh my god, he's loving that. Yeah, it really was, man. To stand outside of the locker room <laughs> was cool enough, but like in center court, it was special. So Vegas was awesome. Like I, I knew, I, like I was nervous going because I was like, man, I talk to my family, but not all yeah. the time, and so like, it's wonder. And let's be real, dude. I mean, and people who only have listened to this show probably don't have as much perspective on it, but like. The, the dynamic of the Stansberry family has just been so turbulent and just been so up and down, up and, down up and just down. just high highs and really low lows. So I can understand why you had a little bit of nerves going into that. We're on really high highs right now. Um, only one argument the whole week. Okay. I was there a week. Only one argument. And it was me and my brother. And welcome to brothers. Right, right, right. And it was honestly over the NFL rating. Like, that's what it was. And I was like, David, I was like, that's not true. And then we started arguing, and then I did, like, a couple of minutes of Googling, and so did he. And we each had, it was so funny, because we each had, like, really good links to why we were right. 
And then we just said, look, this is why they do this. And so people like start arguing with one another. And he was like, dude, you're only here for a couple of more days. Why are we arguing about the NFL of all things? About something that neither one of us really cares. Nobody about. cares. This isn't like this isn't like no. This is what we're gonna do with the house, or we're gonna put mom in no. this home, or we're gonna do this or whatever. No, I mean it, it's it, about how many people right. are watching the NFL. So like right. we like so just in the middle of that argument, finally his wife, the voice of reason, was like, why? Who cares? And right. then we were like, all right. You know, and then, then went back and then you know ended up watching a movie. I'm sure your wife or his wife was probably like, Dan, take your stupid radio show back to Ohio. Exactly. We don't need to live act it out in this living room. Exactly. But my mom and I got along great. And she was great the entire time I was there. I couldn't believe it. Like, but we got along great. And I, I did less on this trip than I wanted to. We talked about going to Utah and doing some other stuff, but we just didn't do a bunch. Grace, my niece, had a, had a basketball tournament, had a three-day right. tournament while I was out there. So that ate up a lot of our time. Right. Did that, and that was really interesting. Um, watching her play for the first time and do well and play well. She was a little nervous, obviously, because I was there. So that was interesting. I went to Top Golf. Okay. Las Vegas, which if you're a golf fanatic, you should do. I am going to warn you, it's a lot of money. It, it averaged out to be like $100 an hour. What is Top Golf? What's the story here? So it's doing? essentially, I described it as if they let me design heaven. Okay. It's a driving range on steroids. Like you walk in, and inside the building, they have like cornhole and like those kind of games and like, you know, ping pong and like that kind of stuff. And then <clears throat> they have like four levels of stalls that are driving ranges but then there's targets out in the field and like they have five different games that you can play they supply the clubs you just go but it was like a hundred dollars an hour Jeez. by the time we were done it's expensive and i got two pitchers of beer when we first got there dos Equis too i didn't go like crazy i got right. two pitchers of dos Equis. it was 62 bucks <laughs> so like i don't know if that's just like I everybody's telling me Top Golf's going to be a lot of money, but I don't know if that was like, hey, Top Golf's a lot of money, and then on top of that, like, welcome to Vegas, thirty bucks for a pitcher of yeah. beer. Now I understand when you go to cities, like when you go to bigger cities, you're going to pay bigger prices. That's that's the name yeah. of the game on everything that you do. Like, but thirty dollars plus for a pitcher of freaking beer. That's what I thought. I was like, wow. Me? I was like, I thought that was nuts. Wow. I thought that was a little so that is because I guess they're opening one in Cincinnati. In Columbus, I think, are the two Ohio cities that are getting them. I think Cincinnati may even be open already. So I'm interested to find that out. Like, how much of that was, like, welcome to Vegas? Because everything's so much money in yeah, Vegas. Yeah, um, uh, that's, that's exciting news, though. Either Cincinnati or Columbus, that's a quick weekend trip for you. Yeah, so if you yeah, really yeah. dug it that much, that's good news. Yeah, it would be something cool to do. It's... I, I, if you lived in the town that had it, you couldn't do it a lot. Right. But couldn't afford it. It's the new date thing for sure. Like you could see it in Vegas. I mean, dude, they were swamped. Middle of the afternoon is when we went and we actually stayed until it got dark because we wanted to see what that looked like out there. And I mean, dude, they were swamped. It's like the new, like, hey, I'm going to take my girlfriend bowling. It's like the new version of that. And uh, what a good idea. What a really good idea. So I had a ton of fun doing that. The basketball tournament was great. I right. ate at some really good restaurants. I threw right. caution to the wind there. Ate everything in Las well, Vegas. Why wouldn't you? Right. Yeah. I mean, welcome to Las Vegas. The food's amazing. So I just ate everything. And it was great. Honestly, I had a great vacation. Like, I didn't want to come home. That was like the number one thing. It's like, it's three degrees back home. Yeah. And it was 67 degrees the day I left. I had the air Jeez. conditioning on in the car the day I left. That had to be a tough pill to swallow, dude. Oh, bro. Dude, there's something going on in my apartment where my bedroom is 20 degrees cooler than the rest of my apartment. Okay. Like, you can get out of my bedroom, we'll start walking down the hallway, and it'll feel like a heat wave as you're walking down the hallway. Like, okay. so, like I slept in a hoodie with the hood <laughs> on last night. 
I said, dude, I was homeless inside last night. Is, 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 so, so I don't know what's going on in my bedroom, but it was freezing. That sounds terrible. Freezing cold in there. But I, uh, I dude, I'm happy to be, uh, you know, back at work. I always say this, like, if I worked afternoons, I would need a lot less vacations than I do, you know, working mornings. I, I don't get me wrong, taking a you know break is restorative and all that stuff is great. But dude, I just really like what I do, and so about three days in, I start to miss it. I'm like, I just want to do stuff. Check with them on Thursday. We'll see. I'm well, it's not Thursday right now. It is Tuesday, so at 9 o'clock you're getting new Fergie, new Luke Bryan, new Theory of a Dead Man. Scott from Winning for Next Year will join us this morning at 7 o'clock, and we're going to let you take a listen to Hugh Jackson after getting you hooked up with this $1,000 right now. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9, online at WRQK.com. Those of you that heard the first break of the show, heard a little recap of uh, Top Golf Las Vegas. If you head to Facebook.com slash the Stansbury Show, you can see my brother swinging a whiff. At the driving range. I was a little surprised by that video. You always talk about how good of an athlete your brother was. I figured, great the, golf, athlete. figured the golf gene would have been a part no, of him. No, no, no. no. He, um, now, here's the thing. Uh, unfairly to him, I didn't post the video three minutes later when he started striping balls right down the middle. Fair. Like, he is, my brother was a phenomenal high school and college athlete. Um, played all sports, was really good at all. Could have honestly probably... Had been scouted by the Cincinnati Reds a little bit when he was younger. Had he, uh, yeah, I mean, he would tell you. Had he not drank as much as he did, my brother might have had a career in professional sports. I don't know about how long. I think he would have been one of those kind of guys who kind of like knocked around and never really clicked in a professional career. But he did have like next level talent in a couple of sports. He was really good. So, but that was one of the reasons is because uh, he had all that and I never did. So, like to be better at at him than something in that regard was kind of fun. But uh, he, like a jerk, brought a friend of his who was a really good golfer who beat us both pretty convincingly. But that video of my brother swinging whipping as a fifty year old fat man now is up online. Jeez. What are you giving your brother the fan zone treatment? Yeah, you're old and fat. Well, you know, it's like, you know what I mean? It's dude tormented me my entire life and I constantly talk about him on the show. So people are like, dude, I want to know more about your brother. Well, there it is. You can see a video of him swinging it with him. So the Browns, Big swing, uh, huge. Oh, you know what? Before that, we should let you know. Canton City Schools have called it quits. They're not. Uh, school's not going to be in session today. It's six degrees outside currently. And I know, I know, the, the, your kids are sissies, and you were tough, and you went to school, right? And you went to school. <laughs> whatever. I don't care. Your kids don't have school. Figure it out. Call your boss. Try to figure that out. School closings are uh, always up to date at wrqk.com. So the Browns, big swing, huge and a miss. And I'll point you back. Preseason. I like I remember what I said before the preseason started. I, I kept being told, "Oh, dude, look, we're tough, and we got all these picks, and we're tough, and we're, you know it's going to be six games." And I said, "No, it's not." And then they went four and zero in the preseason. And I said, "Okay, let's 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 extend that out." And I kind of felt like four and zero in the preseason probably meant two. That I figured that was going to lend itself to two wins. Not that that wouldn't be all they won, but I figured I was like, all right, well, that probably means two wins. And then Vegas put out 
the over-under on the win total for the year at four and a half. And what did I keep saying? It's the half a game that's the sucker bet. Take the under on four and a half. And everybody, you're a hater. You're a Browns hater. You're a hater. No, I'm a realist. And they aren't very good. And they weren't going to be very good. And... It sure enough, it ended up being well under four. And li- literally, that half game did make all the difference in the world. They couldn't get over the half game there. Um, I, I Somebody sent us a tweet this morning and was like, hey, I just listened to a September podcast and you guys were talking about the Browns. I wish I remember what my prediction was. I'm going to say it was probably two, but I can't remember exactly what it was. But my thought the entire time was, yes, the Browns are piss poor and a rookie quarterback is going to come in there and, and save them. But like... My thing is that you ass backwards your way into a win in the NFL. You do. Inevitably, there's a team out there that just doesn't have Takes it that light. day. You all of a sudden get hot. You all of a sudden put a couple of first downs together. But the Browns couldn't even ass backwards their way into nope. it, dude. Couldn't even do it. Nope. Steelers pulled pretty much everybody Sunday. And meanwhile, we actually looked competent for a little while there, which makes it worse. As everybody was like, well, you know, I mean, look, they're getting it together. It's like, guys, it's the last game of the season. Nobody has anything, you know, going on here. And now all of a sudden you start to be able to move the ball down the field. That made it feel worse to me, not better. The party I was at, everybody was like, well, at least it's a fun game. Like that, like that's, that, that, that's where it went. Okay. At least it's a fun game. And I would, yeah, I, mean, I would agree better than to be blown out. I would agree. But you go 0 and 16. And by the way, the creator of the Owen 16 Parade, Chris McNeil, known the world round on Twitter as, uh, I guess it's Reflog underscore 18, which is golfer backwards. And uh, he's going to be on the program tomorrow at 9. And I've already had people who tell me, I'm never listening to you ever again because you're giving a voice to that guy. Okay, okay it's, it's not that I'm co-signing the parade. I just want to hear the guy out. So we're going to have him on tomorrow at 9 o'clock. If that's what it's going to take to make you never listen to this right. show again, get out like, of here. Come on. I just, dude, I just want to give the guy – dude, I just want to hear him out. I, I'm not wild about the idea of the parade. I think it makes us look foolish. But I want to hear the guy out. So I know a lot of you want to see Hugh Jackson thrown overboard. That seems to be the overall reaction, and I, get, and I can't really knock it. I mean, dude, when you get a coach that wins one game in two seasons, I can understand the pitchforks coming out. But the owner, Jimmy Haslam, had this to say about that. Obviously, um, an extremely... That's Hugh there. Sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. A little uh, little Jimmy here. Sorry. I I remember standing approximately here last year and apologizing to our fans for the poor job we have done as owners, and I would just reiterate that again. Our record's unacceptable, and we accept full responsibility for that. I don't think that I need to say this, but the way the world works today, I want to say this. Hugh Jackson will be back as our coach next year in 2018. He and John are already off to a good start and working well together, and um, there weren't weren't a lot of positives today except that we also secured the number four draft picks. So we're excited to see what John can do with the draft picks we've accumulated, as well as what we can do in free agency. Agency. Well, if you go back two years ago, I think Hugh was one of the hottest assistant coaches out there, right? And I don't think Hugh's lost his magic on how to call plays or how to run an offense or how to coach a team. <laughs> maybe in combination together. Maybe maybe he hasn't lost his magic in any one of those three areas. Maybe maybe in conjunction together, that's where the loss of magic is happening. You lost 31 out of 32 games. I think it's fair to say you've lost the magic, whatever magic you had. Either you lost or never existed in the first place. I would agree. But, 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 I've been saying this from the beginning, and I'm going to maintain saying it. Who do you get? If it's Jeff Fisher, I'm sorry I'm sticking with Hugh Jackson. I'm sorry. If it's Jeff Fisher, that's what I'm doing. 
That's just me. And I and I tweeted this out because Colin Coward said this on Sunday during the game. He tweeted it out. He said, look at how hard they're still playing. Last game of the season, nothing to win, nothing. They haven't been in it for 10 weeks. And yet they're still playing hard trying to get it done. And he says, I'm keeping Hugh Jackson because he's an offensive coach in an offensive era. And what did I? that's what I've been saying all along. It's what I've been saying. It's what I've been saying. Is, dude, don't go get me a defensive guy in a league that doesn't want you to hit players anymore. I don't want that. I don't, dude, I don't care about defense because the NFL doesn't care about it. They have put a premium on offense. If you want to go get me another offensive guy, I'm cool with it. But if your answer is Jeff Fisher, I'm out. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I take your point of like, well, the game's changed, but the game's changed around Hugh Jackson, too. And I just don't know if that dude is capable of, of winning. He's shown he's not I, at I, this point. So, I mean, when you look at guys who got popped yesterday, when you look at Jack Del Rio, Chuck Pagano, um, uh, yeah, Caldwell you, from uh, you give me the, Detroit. You give me the name on that list you want. See? I don't, but, I, but I don't want Hugh Jackson. Okay, so well, that, that point, but see, that's like, what I'm saying is that I'm not firing a coach over a lateral move. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. If I'm going to stay the course and I'm going to show people, and Colin said this too, again, because we we kind of feel the same way on this, which is you make it an attractive job by not having it be a revolving door. And first of all, I don't believe Jimmy Haslam. You know how long it is before August? It's long, bro. Long. And I'm telling you, I think John Dorsey's got it. I think he's got a, an agreement made with a coach he wants and they're lip servicing you and it's not going to be Hugh. I think there's a very good possibility that's what happens. I, I think you can make the argument of, well, I don't want to make a lateral movement, but I think the, the argument can be made that literally any other professional coach in the history of the NFL is a non-lateral movement, is a step up from Hugh Jackson. Like Detroit firing Jim Caldwell. I mean, they had like a 7-9, and nine, a 9-7, nine and seven, you know what I mean? Like they had those four or five years where it's like, okay, now you fire somebody, it's lateral movement. Literally any other coach that we're naming here has a significantly better record than Hugh Jackson. All the guys that we just talked about. All of them. One in 31, dude. Okay, I, I, I'll grant you that. Jack Del Rio's not going to build you a championship football team here in Cleveland. He's not. He's not. That dude had a Ferrari in Oakland, and look what happened to it. Now, Derek Carr got hurt, and there's some other stuff that happened there, right? But, dude, Jack Del Rio's not the guy. You know that. You really want Jim Caldwell? Dude, he's Hugh Jack. That's who he is. He's Hugh Jackson. He's Hugh Jackson at 9-7 and seven as opposed to Hugh Jackson at 0-16. Okay. Well, go, dude, bring me Matt Stafford and let's see what, what happens. Bring me Matt Stafford. He don't, we don't have a Matt Stafford. What did I tell you if you drafted Carson Wentz? What did I say? Is that you would look like the Detroit Lions. That's who you'd be. That's who you'd be. Anybody that watches this game even a little bit can tell you that. That's elementary. Aren't the Lions in a significantly better place? Yes. Significantly closer to a championship? But, but Matt Stafford did that, not Jim Caldwell. If Jim Caldwell was responsible for anything, they would have got rid of him. They doubled down on Stafford, gave him $25 million. People thought they were nuts. But it's because it's the only position in the NFL game that matters. And we got a guy that's a year and a half younger than the guys who were supposed to come out this next year. At, at the quarterback position. Now, if you want to start saying to me Hugh Jackson blames his players, throws them under the bus and stuff like that, I'm with you on that. There's a little bit of that that's a little bit nuts. Where, like, a coach's job, he should, like, kind of be on it. Right? He should kind of accept the, like, the ownership of what's happening on the field. I'm with you on that. But everybody said, oh, look at all these coaches that are being fired around the league and we're keeping Hugh. 
All right. Do you want any one of those guys? I'll tell you what. You can make a Voltron out of those six dudes, and I still don't want it. Right? You don't want Jack Del Rio. It, are, are you making Are you making perfection the enemy of the good right now in the sense of like, boy, it'd be great if we had, you know, the best coach of all time, but unless we get the best coach, I just want to stick with you. It's like, well, if we can make an improvement, like, I, I got to take an improvement as a Browns fan. Like I said, if, if, if you want to go get Jeff Fisher because seven and nine feels good to you, I can't knock it because the guy that's there now couldn't get you that. So if that's what you want to do, go do it. I'm just telling you, I don't want Jeff Fisher here. You go look at where Jeff Fisher is coached, and you go look at the quarterbacks he's had and what happens when he leaves. Look at Jared Goff. That kid looks like a world beater now inside of a season. They were calling him a bust. A bust. The kid's going to the playoffs. Coaching matters, bro. Like, it matters. Look at Derek Carr. You can do. Why are they going to go get John Gruden? Because John Gruden is considered to be, even though nobody can point to the example of when he's done it, a quarterback guru, and they got a young quarterback. That's why they're doing that. It's all, dude. It's about that. Those two dudes, head coach, quarterback. So all Lions success goes to Stafford, none to Caldwell. You know what I mean? Like, there's if, if that's going to be the take, then that's got to be like... Well, dude, I don't really consider what's going on in Detroit a success. We consider it a, a success because we're 0-16. Go to Detroit. You think they're talking about that as a success? No, obviously not. They're moving on. So, yeah, every decent thing that's happening up there is Matt Stafford. Take Matt Stafford off that team, dude. They're bad. They are bad. They got some position players, but dude, without a good quarterback, that thing's not even remotely close to what it is. And what they do, well, it's what every team's going to do. You're going you're gonna to get rid of the coach before the player. Welcome to the NFL. I'm not making the argument to keep Hugh. Just nobody sold me on the, well, this is what we're going to do. You show me the name that makes me go, oh, all right, well, yeah, if you're going to go do that. Jack Del Rio doesn't get me excited. I'm sorry. He doesn't. And the last thing I want is one of those big, tough, snot coming out of the nose on the sideline, smash him in the mouth, third and four football, guys, because we don't play that game anymore, bro. It's not that game. The game is elevated. It's completely different. Belichick, a defensive guy, does what? Doubles everything down on his offense. Makes sure that his offensive coordinator is really good and nobody's allowed to go get him. Because it's an offensive game. Because a defensive guy, the one in the league, is able to adapt to the to the NFL in which he's playing in. So, dude, if you want to get Jeff Fisher because you get the 7-9, and nine, I understand it. I just wouldn't do it. That's just me. But I think Dorsey's honestly, might have a deal in place with the coach he wants. I think there's some stuff you're not allowed to be doing going on. And, and maybe that's optimism. Maybe that's optimism. We'll see what happens. I'm interested to see if Scott from Waiting for Next Year thinks that they take Baker Mayfield at number one. I really, really, really hope they do not take Baker Mayfield at number one. I think that's a huge, huge mistake. More to come on the Stansbury Show. That's next on Rock 106.9. The Stansbury Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Can't 1069. And welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. Rock 1069 every single hour on the program this morning. Actually, throughout the day, you're getting hooked up with $1,000. You guys know how this works. 10 after each hour, you get a keyword, you text in, money, yours. Yeah, it's pretty good. nice. Pretty good. What do, a way to start the new year. Yeah, dude, 1000 extra bucks in your pocket. Oh, dude. Take it. So I uh, actually, 
just, I think it was the day before New Year's Eve. And I wasn't feeling really well. I came home from Vegas and I had a little bit of a cold. Actually, I had to call off uh, the Agora on Saturday night. Just wasn't feeling up to it. And, um, but I put a bid in on some golf clubs on eBay. Yeah. And when I, it, they were 580 bucks was my bid. Feeling good after Top Golf. Stan's very confident yeah. in his game. Yeah. Beat his brother. Feeling yeah. all right. All right. So it's like, yeah, dude, I kind of want these Titleist AP1 716s, right? Those are what I want. And I found a really nice set, brand new. Cellophane still on the club head, that whole thing. All right. 580 is the bid I had to put in, right? Right. And as soon as I click submit bid, I was like, oh, what did you do? Mm. Why did you do that? That is so much money. Why are you doing that? And that there was like a fingers crossed moment where I was like, well, maybe somebody will outbid me. I had like two days. Right. And then I thought to myself, I'm like, well, no, dude, the next two days are New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Nobody's like sitting here on eBay trying to like do this right now. I'm going to get like, I'm going to get hosed and I'm going to get stuck with this. And I want them and it's less than what they would cost me in the store. But still. But still, $600 makes, makes, makes. Well, dude, it makes the butt pucker. Well, yeah, I mean, especially after you're coming back from Vegas, it's not like you're coming back like with like, yo, Fantone, one two thousand, let's make it rain up at Gatsby's. Like, no, no dude, you just no. went, spent thirty five dollars for a pitcher of beer. So, no, I can understand, yeah, you so, know. So, luckily, somebody outbid me by ten bucks, and I thought I was like, dude, just go over top, <laughs> bid the six hundred, and do it. But I didn't do it. Well, good, dude. I well, didn't do good. it. I was like, nah. As, no, you, no, no, as no. you're sitting there with puckered butthole, like I'm glad you decided not to repeat that behavior. It was seriously, it was all night. My buddy Jim was like, dude, enough. Quit checking eBay. Enough. Either you're gonna win or you're not. And I was like, dude, I was terrified I was gonna get stuck with that bill, but I didn't. But apparently, dude, I do this new thing right. that is uh that's awful on social media. Okay. Between X's. And I apparently and I do this. And right. I and 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 uh, not to everybody, but there but there is a uh, there is a certain situation in which I do this, okay? But uh, by the way, Canton City School uh, closed because of the cold there. All right. But this new social media trend apparently is called haunting, right? We've heard of ghosting. We've heard of all this stuff where you just kind of like stop talking to people and you go away. Mm-hmm. Haunting, they say, is this thing that exes do that annoy you on social media, okay? Now, Fantone is a scorched earth dude. Like, if you guys break up, like, you remove all ties via social media and that whole thing. Yeah, I don't want to continue to follow you. It's not like I wish you ill. Like, that's not what I want. Like, I'm not that person. I'm not spiteful. I'm not like, man, I hope that bitch dies in a fiery auto accident. Like, no, I don't want that for you. It's not anger. I just don't want you showing up in my life. I don't want you, like, whether it was you or me or whoever decided we no longer, you know, needed to be a part of each other's lives. Like, okay, that's what we're doing. Then see you later. Now, See, I will do that. It all depends on the relationship. I feel like if I'm still going to see things from you and it's going to rip a wound open, I'm out. Like okay. Then I will remove you. If I feel like, oh, yeah, I'll miss you occasionally, but it's not like a wound, I'm probably going to keep that around. Now, there's a little bit of me that it probably is that is you don't want that brought up again. You don't yeah. want that salt on the oh, wound. Yeah, you don't want that. Around. But but at the same time, it's just like, why put myself in that situation? For what? To follow her on Twitter? To look at her Instagram? You know what I'm saying? I don't need that. Well, some people do it because it's going to upset them and they feed off of that. Like, that emotion. That emotion. That hurt, right? Okay. Okay. Where I'm not so much that most of the times when I don't delete people from those kinds of things, it's not really, it's just pure laziness. Um, And I think sometimes too, you don't want to do it because it looks petty on your behalf. Oh yeah. Like, like, like I'm, oh, sure, yeah. I'm sure there's been girls in my past who are like, oh, that dick, he unfriended me on Facebook. And it's like, well, that's, that's what we're doing. That's, here. that's so, what okay, we do there. Okay. But haunting is this thing 
where you'll like watch their watch sounds because I, I don't want to say I watch stuff, but I, like I'll just see it. But they say here when you watch like Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram stories or whatever, and then you'll like it or whatever. And I and they call this haunting because what it is is your ex has to constantly see your name popping up on things. And then it makes it harder for them to move forward. Um, now, I don't really, that's never, I, that's not necessarily true. So I have a certain situation in which I, I do this. Okay. And I will admit that it is done under the guise of, well, maybe there will be an invitation for more sex for me by doing it. And that's why I do it. I enjoy her as a person. Don't get me wrong. I would have a conversation with her no matter what. But I feel like I left sex on the table. Okay, and that and nobody, nobody wants to You know that. what I mean? Where it was like, yeah, dude, we were, you know what I mean? We went out or whatever, but looking back on it, like, dude, we probably, dude, there should have been some more of this. Maybe we should have tried some of this. Okay. I feel like sex has been left on the table in that situation. And and that was my fault. If I'm being 100% honest, there was a little bit of me that was like, ah, I was like, I don't know if I was depressed or whatever, just wasn't in, in the mood for it at a time. But when I see her online, I'll either go so far as to like say something to her or even like like certain things or do something and under the guise of maybe because she knows I'm you know what I mean maybe that the, she'll just be like you know what why don't you come over Friday yeah oh hey you thought that was funny oh ha 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 uh, like, remember when we did this yeah. and the next thing you know you're pounding yeah yeah I mean it opens up the door better than just sitting there and like crying and masturbating thinking about her um, but I don't know if I, I think most times that that's happening there's probably a little bit of now I guess maybe the, the time uh, that you've been broken up makes a difference here but there's probably a little bit of like god you pathetic loser what are you doing just sitting around watching my Instagram waiting for me to well, post there's, something there's definitely going to be that so you like you got to not go overboard like it's because again like I don't just sit there like this is not a me yearning to be with her situation right so it's not like I'm just constantly looking at everything she does going, oh, my God, I miss her so much. It's not that. It's just occasionally, dude, when you're not having as much sex as you would like. Right. Right. Then the next thing you know, you see an ex, somebody you're comfortable with, is posting stuff. Oh, yeah, her. And then there's like a little bit of me that's like, let's just let's just see. Right. Like, let's just, let's, let's just let's just let's just see. Let's just dip our digital toes in like the water to see if maybe we can get this invitation back there. No, it never works. Right. Like, I've never been invited still, back still, over. Still struggling here. But 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 in, uh, and in full disclosure, because I'm that dude, I, I will tell you that it is done because what I don't want to do is just text that person and say, hey, I'm in your area. We haven't seen each other in a little while. We want to grab a drink? Want to get dinner? Which is essentially code for for somebody you've already slept with. Like, right. dude, let's just get together right. at your apartment and have sex. Well, and that's what I was going to say is maybe going the... the Just full-blown, like, let's like, just have the, sex. The bluntness of it. Like, hey, you know, miss you, haven't seen you in a while. Hey, let's bone it out. As opposed to like, well, maybe if I digitally like something and then I say, hey, maybe we could have dinner or hang out and drink a cup of coffee together. And it's like, you know, I, and I think that definitely since you already have sexual experience with this person, they're probably used to you being a little bit blunter, used to you being a little bit more like that. So I think you'd probably have more luck with like, hey, you know, you're single, I'm single, let's bone it out. Well, see, again, man, like, I'm a mental case because, like, I, I, because I agree with that, right? And then I'll actually get the phone out and I'll start to type the text message and then I'll pull it back and be like, nah, dude, don't do, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Just, yeah, like the Instagram post. Remember, because you both like Star Wars. So apparently this is, this means that you're going to end up together, you know? 
but I do. I do all of this stuff because I'm a ghoster too. Like when I'm done, like I'm just like, eh, if I just go away, like dude. I, so essentially, all these words essentially haunting, ghosting, whatever. It's like we're just finding new ways to say coward and like, just call it that. I am a cowarding. That's what I'm doing online. I am cowarding. We are also giving you a thousand dollars at ten after each hour. Your next opportunity, obviously, seven ten on the Stansbury Show. Hang on. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Minutes away now from getting you hooked up with $1,000. We normally do it Mondays at 8. But this is our first day back from vacation, so we have asked Scott from Winning for Next Year to amend his schedule. Join us Tuesday at 7 o'clock. Buddy, how are you? Always bending over backwards for you, Kat. That's, That's what right. I'm doing. That's right. How was, uh, how was uh, dude, give me the rundown. How was the holiday, Christmas, the New Year? How was everything? They were great. Kids made out like bandits. Um, I'm still trying to find places to put things. Um, you know, outside of freezing my ass off, though, for pretty much the last 10 days, it's been, it's been pretty much wonderful. Yeah, man. It was, uh, so I flew home from Vegas where it was like 67 degrees most of the time I was there. And I got home, dude, and it was two degrees. I was mad, like pissed. <laughs> I was like, dude, that's how cold it is. <laughs> as soon as the plane landed, I was like pissed and furious. And Speaking of, your, your brother playing top golf was, was the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> so here's the thing. Like, my brother was a phenomenal athlete in high school. Like, played some college, like, now Division three, but played some college basketball, played some college baseball. Like, he, I mean, dude, my brother was a phenomenal athlete, but he cannot play golf to save his life, which is why I took him. Because I was like, I can beat him at this, and he's been dominant over me, over everything in our lives. So I took him for that, but thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he will love knowing that. that that you got a kick out of that. What I also got a kick out of, buddy, was the Browns going 0-16 because my audience was trying to tell me preseason, oh, yeah, they're going to win six games. And I kept saying, no, no, they're not. So Haslam's already come out and said, look, we're going to retain Hugh. And I think it's lip service. I think him and Dorsey are saying what you say because between now and, like, the next season, you got some time here. And I'm not convinced that, A, other teams haven't fired co- aren't still going to fire their coaches. I think, honestly, I think there's a chance that it's not Hugh. Am I crazy? There's always the chance that intentions now and they can, they can always pull the, you know, Different different directions, you know, right? They are, you know, they want to, they, they, they just view the team going in different directions or want to build it differently or whatever. And, you know, subsequent meetings can lead to, you know, dismissals, I guess. Um, you know, and we've had a couple pieces at the site already on, like, the, the whole Hugh Jackson thing, because he doesn't have many fans our way either. Um, but I, I'm, I'm cynically wondering if, if, if Hansel just knows, listen, I've been through this coaching hire thing a couple times now. You know, I wanted Chip Kelly. I ended up with Chudzinski. Um, you know, I wanted uh, Josh McDaniels. I ended up with Mike Pettin. Um, you know, if we if we get rid of Hugh and have somebody in mind, it's no guarantee we're gonna get that that we're going to get our guy. One is that guy going to be guaranteed to be better than Hugh Jackson? Two is it worth the PR disaster that it'll be again? Because all that stuff gets out. I mean, all those guys sit tell you know leak who they're interviewing with because it's, it's leverage for other negotiations, right? I mean, if, if, if Coach A is on the, the radar for the Browns, you know, he's, he's, he's going to say who else he's, he's interviewing with because sure. it's going to increase the, the demand. So those, the, the, the coaches, potential coaches, have nothing to lose by, by leaking who they're talking to and who they're interested in. 
Um, and I just wonder, you know, and the Browns are in no position to be played like that. And I wonder if a lot of that just kind of goes into this discussion or this decision as well. You know, I keep telling people, I understand wanting to fire Hugh. I get it. He's, I mean, like, look, the losing's been bad enough to where you can fire a coach for what's happened here, for sure. I totally understand that. But, like, it was Black Monday the other day in the NFL, for people that don't know that term. It's when coaches start to get fired. And there's not a single name on that list that I would want. Like, I, don't, I mean, Jack Del Rio, I mean, I guess. I mean, maybe. Jim Caldwell? Bruce, maybe? Bruce Arians, if you could talk him out of retiring. Bruce Arians is the one. Yeah, but that's not a coach being fired. That's a guy, you know, going the other direction because, what, it's his heart, right? Like, there's, there's right. medical conditions. Like, yeah, if you want to go get Bruce Arians, I'm all in. And I would throw the world at him to go get him. But there's a health issue, and I don't think he wants to coach. If he was so interested in coaching, I don't think they were looking to force him out, right? Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I think I, I would be surprised if it was a mutual in some capacity. Okay. Um, you know, they, they, they considerably, you know, underperformed. Now okay. losing your, losing arguably the best running back in football in week one, um, you know, doesn't help. Uh, losing your quarterback in week, what, seven or eight, you know, doesn't help. Um, you know, but they, uh, you could, you could, you could argue that they, they underperformed and, you know, you don't really know who's going to be leading that team going forward. And I think by the time they get their next quarterback, Bruce wasn't going to be the coach anyway. So I think it makes sense to kind of hit the refresh button there. But, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, there was a weird list of, you know, coordinators, you know, the hot coordinators of the, of the, of the time, right? That's always right. a big thing. Matt Patricia, you know, you go on down the line. But, I mean, the list of guys who were coordinators and just flame out at, at the head coaching level, is 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 much much longer than that. That it's the guys who come to the come become head coaches and actually succeed. So you know, I don't know. I, I I see it both ways. But yeah, I just don't know if to your point, Dan. If there's, you know, I don't. You know, it's you know, I know he, everybody's making fun of Hugh Jackson for that, and no one could. I don't think any head coach could have done better. Comment. I just don't know who's out there that would be better. You know, at the. I mean, it's, I know there's an anything but Hugh stance out there, but you got to make make sure you're making a, the right decision if you're going to can that guy and find somebody else. For me, everything feels lateral. Like, nothing feels like, oh, okay, well, Jack Del Rio will be that much better or Jeff Fisher would be that much better. Everything feels lateral to me. Yeah, I mean, well, but it's funny. Everybody pans Jeff Fisher for being Mr. 8-8. Eight and eight. I, I think there's a, there's a substantial portion of this fan base who would kill for 8-8. Eight and, eight. I, and I understand that. I, I really do. I think, you know, any credibility to the argument that they played hard all year and that you give the coach another year because, you know, and, and again, I've been on this. Offensive guy, offensive era. Like, everybody tells me Jeff Fisher or Jack Del Rio, these are defensive coaches in a league that won't let you hit. What do I, what do I want a defensive genius for? You're not allowed to hit. Yeah, well, you want a defensive genius. You just don't want him being your head coach. You want him on the other. You want him as your defensive coordinator. I, I mean, you, you see what – I mean, Dick LeBeau, the game's kind of passed him up a little bit, but you see, you saw a guy who could have been a head coach for decades and just stuck on the defensive side of the ball and just dominated. I mean, if you can find a guy like that, uh, you know, and I'm not saying Greg Williams is or isn't that guy, because I do think if he gets players who can play the right positions, like, like Jabril Peppers played out of position the entire season. Yeah, but isn't that um, Greg you know, Williams's fault? Yeah, oh, for sure. Okay, I mean, you right. could, I mean, well, no, yes and no. I mean, who else are you going to put there? I mean, you, you, you. <laughs> You know, I don't. I, yes, they wasted an entire rookie season. You know, of that kid. But you know, too, if you get like if you get Minka at four, uh, you know, and you and you you suddenly have a, a substantially better free safety, and you could put your bro closer to the line. I think this the the defense looks much better. But yeah, it's 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 also stubbornness on Williams's fault. 
Um, you know, but I would, but to that point, I just wouldn't, I guess it's a long way of saying I wouldn't want him as my head coach either, you know, given, given that you need an offensive mind. I I understand that, you know, a lot of this does feel like lateral movement. And my, 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 I guess my counterpoint to that is that like one in 31, there is no lateral movement there. Anything is literally a step forward. I mean, we're talking one in 31. That's not just bad. I mean, that's like arguably the two worst seasons in professional sports history. So if we just kind of take a step back, Scott, and we kind of look at this year, 0-16, what does that mean to this franchise? What does this mean to the organization? What does it mean to the fan base? From a franchise standpoint, it's been a long time coming. I mean, they've been dancing around this for years. I mean, they were, you, you, we mentioned, Owen, you know, 131. You know, that, that one was a blocked field goal attempt with time expiring. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, they've been playing with fire for a very, very long time. I mean, even, you know, the Mangini years when they rattled off four straight at the end of the year, you know, with, you know, against, you know, kind of B-League teams, you know, who, are, who already had playoffs locked up and things like that. I mean, it, it, it was it was bound to happen. Um, you know, it's a shame it took this long, and I wish they could have just got it out of the way all those years that they were winning three or four games for no reason. But uh, you know, it was it's just showing that you if you have a you don't have a quarterback, if you don't have a head coach who's willing to develop a quarterback, and you don't have guys who can catch the football. Uh, you know, Josh Gordon, you know, too little, too late, right? I mean, if if you know, that Corey Coleman drop was was the I mean, they said it on TV, but it was really the personification of this entire season. Really and was. you know, and <laughs> it was—I mean, it was—it was artistic in a way. And you know, there, I, there's a lot of young players on this team who are who are flashing, you know, that they're going to have NFL careers for a very long time. Um, you know, I hope it's with the Browns, but I hope it's also—you know—they got to get playmakers. They got to score points. They got to move the ball, and they can't have a quarterback who throws, you know, more interceptions in the red zone than touchdown passes. Um, it's it's just not a recipe for success. And I—they I, have. They have the draft capital. So, I mean, if we if goes kind of go back to the head coaching thing, if you're trying to sell this, I mean, you're not selling the current team. You're selling what they have at their disposal the in terms of cap space and draft capital. And if, if they can't get it right with these what, four in the top 35, um, you know, I, I, I really don't know what the answer is. All right. Well, I got to ask you one more question before I let you go. It is Browns related. I know everybody's excited. Isaiah Thomas is back in the lineup tonight, but this Brown story feels like topic A to me. So I'll just ask you the question flat out. Is Baker Mayfield the number one overall pick next year? Probably not. Um, you know, I, I, I think there's there. He is so fun to watch. Um, and, you know, a bit of a bit of a lightning rod. And I, I just think there's a lot. There's, I don't say a lot. A few other guys who, unless some team is just in love with him and thinks that they could slot him in and win right away, um, you know, he, he needs to have weapons. Like if the Giants drafted him, um, I think he he would be he would be good. You know, throwing to Evan Ingram and Odell Beckham, and you know, and having you know Sterling Shepard, you know, and already having kind of that young core of playmakers to throw the ball to. I just don't see that in Cleveland. Um, I do see them more as a Rosen Darnold type, which. You know, take it for what you want. Um, I just think those guys and Saquon Barkley are probably ahead of Mayfield in, on a lot of draft boards right now. So you think they're going to take a running back that high at number four, huh? Uh, I don't think they'd be opposed to it. Um, I, th- I think if I think if you let if you, not that you want to play the game, but you let him go to San Francisco and you're going to and you're going to watch Garoppolo Barkley and whatever they put together in the in the, in the playoffs within a year or two. Um, and I, and I think if if he could do that there, I I think you need. You need a playmaker. I mean, yes, you need a head coach who's not going to abandon the run. 
Um, but you but you need a guy who can who can be that kind of explosive playmaker. And I, I don't know if the Browns will take him necessarily, but given you know the way that you know Leonard Fournette and you know and a couple other these guys who have, you know I think there's I think we've kind of recorrected a little bit in terms of running backs going in the first round. We may have, um, and, and 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 I think I think Barkley is the kind of guy who's gonna who's gonna prove to to be that guy. Yes, I wish he didn't bounce outside as often, but I mean the kid can just move, and I and I mean and you, and you see you saw it yesterday too with Georgia, but I think Barkley is gonna be that he's gonna be a top five pick for sure. That's Scott from WinningForNextYear.com. Normally we do it Monday at eight. Scott, thank you so much for joining us, man. We appreciate it. Take care, guys. Thanks. We're passing out a thousand dollars every single hour. Your next opportunities right now. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Your shot, Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show, Rock 106.9. Coming up at 8.30, we have charge tickets for this Friday. Also, 8.10, we're going to pass out another $1,000 as well. I got good news for you. You could win that $1,000, and then you could win those charge tickets. And with that $1,000, you could spend all that money on Sugardale Dollar Dogs, baby. A thousand of them. Oh, is that Friday? Oh, you know that's Friday, bro. Oh, bro. Thousand of them. Dude, the eating that I did in Las Vegas. Out of control. Oh, bro. So we went to this, like my first day in town. Yeah. We went to this place called Lavo. Okay. Which is in, I forget, it's in one of the really nice casinos on the strip. I forget which one now. Sounds swanky. Oh, it was really swanky. Okay. And my brother said, he's like, we're going to go there. He's like, get the meatball. And I was like, what? It's everything's a la carte. Like, so if you want like spaghetti and meatballs, you gotta order the spaghetti and then you gotta order the meatball. And it's not meatballs, it's a meatball. Okay. And it's I mean, dude, the thing was massive. Meatballs are fantastic. That just seems like a strange, like, no, dude, you gotta get this at a nice ass restaurant. You it, know what I mean? Right. And so he kind of, you know, he kind of talked me into it, and like, and again, it's on my Instagram. <laughs> talked him into it, yeah. Stansberry had to get talked and eat a meatball. Okay, Dan Stansberry, but the thing is okay. huge. I mean, it was huge. So I ate that. Like that was really good. Had In and Out a couple of times because I like In and Out a lot. Yeah. Um, there's a place out there called Cafe Rio, which is Chipotle. But good, okay. and I mean like really good. Like they offer everything. Like you can get a tostada there, you can get enchiladas there. But it's done all the same way Chipotle does it. Like you just walk up and you're like, yeah, give me that, give me that, give me that. Wrap it up and we'll go. That place was delicious. It was crazy how good that place was. So you know, Stansbury World Tour of restaurants, oh, just, dude, just just throwing eight. down hard in the paint, elbow just to eight. elbow, just knocking fools out. Um, is it New Year, New You? No. Is it no? Okay. No, but I'm behind the New Year, New Me people. Okay. I'm behind you. All right. All right. Because this is what happens. All right. This is like when people, the people who bitch about the people bitching about the snow are worse than the people bitching about the snow. Okay. New Year, same me. New Year, same dick. I'm the same evil dick I was before. Well, then no wonder you're going to bed at 930 on New Year's Eve, dick, because nobody likes you. That I like it, dude. I'm tired of those people. All right. Like, so I'm behind the New Year, new people. And as a matter of fact, dude, I posted it, which by the way, I now know why celebrities post nice things because it makes you popular. I, all I did was say, dude, stop making fun of the people who are going to the gym this week. And it, it was the most liked and retweeted thing I've tweeted in two years. That's why all these celebrities are, are like a pretending to be nice. It's because it gets you, it gets you notoriety. Now, what happened to your feelings don't matter? You know what I mean? Like, well, you, you, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I can say whatever I want, do whatever I you want. You can say whatever you okay. want. I'm allowed to think it's stupid. Okay. <laughs> I'm allowed to think it's stupid. And I personally think, like, it, 
like those meatheads that want to make fun of people who are going to attempt to change their bodies. I think you got to remember that you weren't always a meathead. That you weren't always a gym rat. You weren't. Oh, there was a, something that made you go there. Now maybe you were always slim and slender and athletic, or whatever. That's not most of us. And if they're going to at least attempt it, I'm not knocking that because I sat around yesterday going, "I should go to the gym tomorrow," but I don't want to feel like one of those people, and I don't want people looking at me like I'm one of those people. So I'm not going to go. Is that one of the things you know? And I'm devil's advocate here. Is that one of those things that really proves whether you are or are not dedicated to like a new year, new you, new fitness, new new body, new what do everything? You mean? Is that I don't know what you mean. I'm willing to go through the ostracizing, willing to go through being made fun of. It means oh, so sure, much yeah, to me. And I'm so I'm so dedicated to this that you can't knock me off course. You know what I mean? Yeah, is, there's something okay. to that. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I yeah, but have to imagine there is. I just you see I saw people posting videos and like making fun of new people at the gym and I thought I was like, well how awful. Like, dude, you're it's it's dicks like you are the reason why they're not there in the first place. I'm on your side with this. It's just to me, it just when I read that, I was like, "What is it? What, we all get a participation plan now?" No, no, okay? no, 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 no. It's just like I, you know, to me, it's like they're easy. I feel like I could go through muscle bound idiots timeline and find a place where you're falling down okay. on the job in your life where that fat turd you're making fun of is killing it. Okay. That, I mean, probably, I, I, I think that's probably a fair assumption. It's not like just because you're fat, you suck at everything. Or um, that you're in shape means you're good at everything. Now, do is there any validity to like, yo, I'm here every day of the year or five times every week. And now all of a sudden, January 1st through the 8th, I've got all these a-holes that don't know what they're doing, taking up my time, you know, making the gym, you know, and you're going to be gone in a week. Well, what I will tell you is, is that those people pay for your gym to be open all year. The gym makes their money off of the, off of this week. I think it's, I think the numbers have been posted at something like 45% of all gym income comes from this week. So without those people, do you have a place to go work out? I mean, otherwise, dude, it's like South Central and you're bench pressing on your front porch, <laughs> right? Like that. So there's, there's something. And not only that, but like why isn't – I would think of all places, the gym would be that place where somebody would look to pull you up. Be like, yeah, man, you're not one of those unwashed masses out there waiting for like, you know, sacks of burgers. Right. You're in here trying to, to, trying to better yourself. Let me help you. I just would assume that's what, what that would have been. I mean, you know, I agree with you, but I, I just can hear the argument of, well, what are you looking for, a safe space? No, like, I mean, I don't for, need a know? safe space. No, what I need then is don't say anything to me either way. But looking down your nose at people, I, that's what it is, is that looking down your nose at people who are out to better themselves seems strange to me. All right. It seems strange to me. Now, look, I don't really get into the New Year's resolution thing. I posted this actually the other day, is that if quitting smoking is your resolution, I'm totally behind you. Now, I didn't quit for New Year's Eve. I just happened to quit in January. Right. It's actually another couple of weeks until my, my five-year anniversary. It just happened to be in January. But that is one of those things. Like, I don't really do resolutions. But if you wanted to do that, it is something that you should do. Quitting smoking is something you should do. And that's why I kind of will get behind people in their New Year's resolutions, whether they're going to fall, whether they're going to go through them or not, it's at least an attempt or an acknowledgement that there's something in your life that you want to be better at. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, people use this as like the starting point, and and to me, it's like, well, dude, you can start a diet on a Tuesday, you can start a diet November third, you can start a diet, you know, at any point in your life. But if this is the catalyst, if this is the point, if this is the turning, you know, the tipping point of like, well, this is when I want to do it. Well, I guess you know, I, you know what I mean. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not going to hate you for it. I'll tell it. you why I don't think. 
like it's like participation trophy-ish and this kind of stuff. It's okay. because the muscle-bound dick is the same guy who gets in his car and then bitches about everybody being a fat American. Look at everybody. This is why this is why healthcare is this and that. And all, all like you weight people are always bitching about how everybody's fat. Then they come in there trying to lose the weight, and then you're knocking them for that. Should the praise or the acceptance or the help, I guess, should that come once you've proven yourself as like, hey, I've been here for come, I've been coming every day for three months. Now it's like, okay, now you're accepted into gym culture. Now you're accepted into this. I mean, I can't high five you day one, right? I mean, like you go in there, there is and that. you're just sweating it up, and there like, is that. But I don't necessarily need to take a 45 second Snapchat video of you failing at the bench <laughs> press either, knocking you. Like I don't have to do that either. I, that's, I mean, yeah, I, I, I agree with I you. I mean, dude, I want to go to the gym today. Like that's what I want to do today, right. but I won't no. because I'm going to sit there and I'm going to have everybody staring at me like, look, bro, like we know this is day one. And you got to remember too, Canton City schools are out, so I guarantee you uh, that Eric Snow YMCA going to be filled with a bunch of booger eaters and they're going to be pointing like, look at that fat dude over absolutely. there. Absolutely. Oh God, look at him. Absolutely. But it is, <laughs> but like that, I want to go to the, dude, I've been thinking about it honestly since I was in Vegas. I was like, when you get back, you got to start like trying to get this thing back under control because you've just been sliding. Like you've been sliding on the food thing. Sliding into meatballs. <laughs> and then I thought to myself, I'm like, well, I can't do it the first week because then everybody's like, oh, yeah, look, New Year's resolution dude's here. And I was like, why do I feel like that? I shouldn't feel like that? F you. What do I care? What do I care if you're here six days a week? I don't, I don't have time. Well, yes, I do. But <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Yes, of course I do. It's just, dude, that kind of stuff, when people try to better themselves... And like, and then the, and first of all, the people who aren't going to the gym, knocking the people who are going, because that oh, yeah. was my point is that I don't want to knock you because I wish I was like you going to new year, new me it. And I'm not, I know I'm not. At least if you're gym rat dude, knocking first timer, you've got better, some high better. ground, not much, but there's some high ground. But if you're just literally sitting around on Facebook and, and crapping on everyone trying to improve themselves. Yeah, I can, I, I can make room for that. That's I pretty, think somebody's pretty asking pretty me my top to five t- 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 tips for quitting smoking. There are are none. Quit looking, doing it. <laughs> quit looking for the magic bullet of things that you want to quit doing. Here's how you quit doing stuff that you are currently doing that you want to quit. You get tired of doing it and you stop doing it. I just put them down. I was simply asked by a cancer survivor, a beautiful woman who said, you know what? You should maybe think about quitting. And yeah, she threw it on me a couple of times. So I was like, yeah, you know what? She's right. She's starting to make a lot of sense. And I put them down. That was it. I, I think you're saying that from a very lucky place. I think that a vast majority of people wish they had that ability. And maybe there's just something in you. Maybe there's just something that like gave you the power to do that. But I feel like with a lot of addictions. I don't sm- feel like I'm that special. Smoking in particularly. I don't know, dude. I mean, I, it's something that it's something that I've just seen people who have willpower, people who have control over themselves in every other capacity of life just not able to kick that not able to the push smoking? that away and sometimes right. now listen I'm not saying that like well you have to you know do the patch and you have to do a 12 step program and you have to do all these different that's things that's transference but 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 sometimes having that that's not quitting sometimes having <sighs> that um what do I want to say that support system that that guide that map of like here's how you can do this here's how I did this I think that can help people all right. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, Chantix has worked for people, right? right? The, right. I mean, it has worked for people. I didn't use it. 
I just, but I am one of those. I'm, a, I'm a, you know, I'm a grit your teeth and like put your head down and get it done kind of dude. That's just who I am. It's who I've always been, and that's how I deal with stuff. So maybe that is me. It's just I felt I always felt like if I chewed the gum, eventually I was going to smoke the cigarettes. If I took the pill, eventually I was going to smoke the cigarettes. Well, just chew on a cigarette butt, dude. I mean that gum is the grossest thing. Yeah, stuff on the face. Of I, the planet, I'm not dude. wild about just the gum. Put a butt in your mouth and chew on it. But that's I mean that, that there is no top five. There is I am tired of this. I want my life to be different and I'm going to make the effort to make sure I can do this. Now, people will argue that addiction doesn't work that way and maybe it does for this addiction, not that one, this and that, fine, whatever. All I can tell you is I was a pack and a half, two pack a day smoker. I decided I didn't want to do it anymore. I woke up and said I'm not doing it anymore and I haven't done it in over five years. It comes down to, at the end of the day, dude, you can look for all the snake oil salesmen you want. At the end of the day, it comes down to the person in the mirror either wants it or they don't. It's, a, it's as simple as that. We have buried the lead all morning. Okay. We thought topic A was the Browns, but it's not. Big topic. We have buried the lead all morning, and we will embarrass Matt Fantone with it next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it. I love Rock 106.9. Hey, guys. You got Stansberry here. When you get in a car accident. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9, 830. We'll pass out those Canton Charge tickets for that game this Friday. It's also Sugardale Dog Night. <laughs> yeah, dude. I might have to come put a hurt on those. <laughs> well, you know, I, uh, I've got friends in the building, and I think we could probably make something happen for you there. Dude, here's what I want. What was that? Dude, I want to be able to, and, and I'm sure they're going to hate this, but dude, I want to skip the charge game. Dude, see if you can, like, dude, sell, dude see if the charge will sell me a case <laughs> on the dump. <laughs> they don't even got to make them for me, dude. I got a roller. You know what I mean? My buddy owns a golf course. He's got a hot dog roller. He'll let me borrow it in the cold months. See if you can give me a case of them dogs. See what I can do for you. You know what I mean? See what I can do for you. Posse, I'll have them over. We'll have a dog eating competition. <laughs> Living room in my house. We have buried the lead all morning. Oh, and we talked about the Browns. And I meant to get I meant to get through this in the first hour of the show, and then it just slipped away from me. But it is it is it is the day of birth of the one and only Matt Fantone, buddy. It is your birthday. Indeed it is. Happy birthday, man, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh dude, do we have big plans, big special? What's going on? No, I mean, I think certainly after 30, probably after 25, you hit the point in your life where it's what like, am what am I doing? Why am I acting like my birthday is a big deal? Literally everyone on the face of the planet has one of these. Um, I, uh, you know, I, 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 I do your girlfriend's going to go nuts today. Though, right? Yeah, probably. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about that. She's got to work. I've got to work. Um, she was like, I can't believe you're going back to work on your birthday. And it's like, what am I going to do? Am I really going to be like, no, sorry, can't come in. I'm turning 34. Like, what kind of a dick does that make you? Like, what kind <laughs> yeah, of a terrible I mean, person? There's a little bit of that. So, uh, no, no big plans. But, uh, you know, I, I guess at this point with your birthday, mind being so close to New Year's, like, I usually think, well, your birthday, you probably look back on the year, you kind of think about what you did, but I feel like I just did all that. I just did all that two days ago. So, like, no, at this point, I'm going to go home. I'm going to indulge in all things Fantone. All things Fantone. Oh, jeez, the tub of lube that's going to be... Just just lube, John Cena, dude, reading chicken wings is going down, baby. That actually um, sounds pretty good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, dude. Like, so, so no, she's going to work, so she won't be home till 5.30, 6 o'clock at night. I'm going to bed at 7, 7.30, so, like, No I birthday know. dinner, none of that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, we, um, we actually made the decision. We are going to go 
um, not this weekend, but the following weekend. We've got a long weekend because of MLK Day. We rented a cabin. We're doing the whole, you know, hot tub thing. We're doing oh. all that. We we we, we kind of said, well, this is a little bit Christmas present. This is a little bit birthday oh, present good for you. That'll be good. So uh, you know, we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go down to Amish country and sit in a hot tub. I guess. So no, that's a story. Now, growing up, was you having your birthday that close to Christmas tough? Yeah, because you know, you know, your aunts always and your uncles always wanted to like cheap out on it. My parents were cool about. It, they understood, like, right. yo, you know, you, you need to have a little separation there. Um, but no, I, when you went over to grandma's house and she was like, well, this is your birthday and Christmas present. I'm like, Brian got the same thing. What is what is that? That's it's, garbage. Grandma, it's a sawbuck. It's right. not <laughs> it's not right. covering both, Gramps. Right. You can't do both of those you, there. You, you, you reach to the bottom of that bag. You give me a Werther's with some hair on it. I um, I will say, though, and, and, and people always say, you know, as you get older, you just kind of start to look at the world differently and you kind of, you know. True. I don't know, dude. I feel like in a lot of ways, I'm more of who I am now than I was back then, if that makes any sense, in the sense of like I'm more devout in what I think and what I believe. Am I more open to others' opinions now? Yes, but that doesn't necessarily change how I view the world. So like, I kind of feel like am I like, am I like like retarded in my growth you know what i mean like am i not developing the way that i'm supposed to am i not supposed to like you know am i because at this point i'm third in mid 30s i'm supposed to be like well you know what i'm gonna start voting republican and i just it's just that's not who i am uh no not that, i bet if you really fine tooth combed it you would find that you because this is true of me that you bull you feel the same way about stuff but you are a little bit more conservative on that view than initially you were at 19. I don't know. I don't know. I in, in some ways I feel more like I said I feel more like staunch in it. I feel more like no, 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 no. You're older now, you have more wisdom now. But the thing is, that is different is I listen to other people better now. I do I have more like well, of course other people don't feel the same way I do because they've gone through different circumstances in life. Right. They've gone through different, you know. So maybe I have more empathy now, but you know, like I said I just feel like mid-30s, this is the time where it's supposed to be like, no, dude, your views on the world are changing, and I just don't feel that. Oh, yeah, my view's totally changed. My view's totally changed. I remember when we started this show, you were like, you just wait till you're 38, you know, because I mean... I mean, mean, well, because that's what happened to every... I mean, dude, you're the only person I've ever heard say that. I mean, so that's pretty rare. Yeah, I feel like I'm maybe I'm a weirdo. That's I mean that's I mean I don't know if it's weirdo, but I mean it's definitely it's definitely different. You're the only person I've ever heard ever say that. Is because dude, I was I mean I, I mean dude, my, a lot of my views got like wildly reined in the older I got, like wildly, and I've, I've flipped on a lot of issues over you know over you know getting older. I just think it's natural. I don't know. Maybe it'll happen later for you, or maybe it's happening and you don't totally notice it. I mean, there's probably that. There's probably at least some of it. And also, I'll be honest with you, dude, logical conservatives have like kind of moved over to the other side because, dude, not to go all political, but like some of that side, that conservative side has been dragged to a crazy place right? where it's like, you can't be that, dude. Right. So like, I feel like a lot of logical conservatives are sort of like, well, I'm half a Democrat now. You yeah, know where I mean? am like, I? Where do I land on the know, board Like now? my brother's yeah. a little bit like that, dude, who's a total conservative, but not a Trump dude. And so, like, I was talking to him about it out there, and he's just like, I just feel, like, lost right now because I feel like I don't have my party right now. And so I, maybe there's some of that going. 34, huh? 34. Feeling old, dude. I won't lie. I mean, I do feel like, man, when I woke up and I was like, dude, you're 34. There's no more, like, eh, it's my early 30s. It's like, no, nah. bro, this is mid-30s. So let me 
Dude, you got three left. Okay, three good ones. Got, dude, like, <laughs> let me just tell you, dude. At 37, <laughs> at 37, dude, your penis just goes, ha, 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 And, dude, like, seriously, like, dude, a, honestly, a double cheeseburger then, <laughs> as honestly, you might as well cut the, you might as well cut it off. It ain't, dude, it ain't going to do nothing. Yeah, I feel like my penis is still working. Um, Relatively small amount of gray hair, none of it in the pubic region, so, like, at this point, I just feel like, dude, keep this momentum going. I got a little bit of a widow's peak, but if that's if that's what it's going to be, that's what it's going to be. So Yeah, dude, we both got lucky on the not going bald yeah, thing. Yeah. I got gray hair, and I've, but I've had it forever. I mean, I started to go gray at like 26, 27. Like, I got it early. But I lived hard, man. Like, I lived really hard. So I think there was part, you know, that's probably part of it. I don't know. That's probably old wife's tale stuff. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it is. I don't know. 34. 34. Man, yeah, honestly, I would take that age again. Just just getting ready to go off that cliff. Just Thelma and Louise right at the cusp, ready to burn. Oh, dude, your metabolism. <laughs> honestly, it's like, and I've struggled with weight my entire life, but after 35, it was like, oh. And then everybody tells you, oh, dude, you turn 40, and then you kind of notice it. That so much wasn't true of me. But that 41st one, Bro, that, I'm telling you, this whole last year, I've just been like, oh, dude, it's different. So what you're saying is this next decade's going to suck for Oh, me. dude, it's okay. not good. All right. It's not good. Happy birthday, buddy. <laughs> I know you're supposed to be all joyous and happy today. All things phantom. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Bro, it's all things gravity. It's over, man. <laughs> Game over. We do have $1,000. We're getting you hooked up. That will be next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry and his boy, Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Passing out $1,000 every single hour on the program. Actually, all throughout the day, too. Your next opportunity is minutes away. 8.45. I'm going to give you a little audio walkthrough. The cannabis marketplaces of Las Vegas. Ooh, forgot about that part of the story. Las Vegas had the legal weed there. Yeah. And uh, around 845, I'll run you through my experience of doing that. I know California jumped on that legal weed bandwagon uh, January 1st, yesterday. So I'm going to get all up on my hill about that coming up at 845, just to let you know. Tomorrow, 9 o'clock, join us as Chris McNeil. Orchestrator of the Windless Parade for the Browns will join us at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning on the program. That has heated people up. People are like, I'm never listening to you ever again because you're going to support that idiot. It's like, nah, dude. Like, I'm actually, this guy's like the biggest thing going right now, and I'm going to capitalize, yeah, and, and bring one of the one of the biggest stories onto the program. That's what I'm going to do. Absolutely. I guess I understand if you disagree with it, but I don't understand why people are just so angry. I disagree with it, but I'm not right. Furious. Like, I don't have to get angry about it. Feels good not to be that dude anymore. Yeah. To like, you know, speaking of which, this girl was like, you know, I'm so happy that you, you know, you're coming back. I missed the show, but like, you yell, and I'm like, I'm not that much of a yeller. She's like, you yell. <laughs> I'm really not that much. I used to be worse. Like, I'm not that much of a yeller. Over this last year, I feel like I put the yelling away. There have been days, yes. Yeah, I've been a couple days. All right, couple. Nine o'clock is new tour Tuesday. New Fergie, new Luke Bryan, new Theory of a Dead Man. Yeah. Might yell after that theory of it. <laughs> uh, we have to transition now into something not funny at all. As we know the fate now 
of Ming Ming Chang, who was the 30 year old woman who had killed her five year old daughter and had put her in the freezer in the back of the restaurant here in Jackson Township. And they've released some audio. Fox 8 has uh, has got a hold of this, of, of her admitting to the crime. Let's take a listen to that. 30-year-old Ming Ming Chen is brought into a police interrogation room after investigators discovered the body of her 5-year-old daughter hidden in a Jackson Township restaurant owned by Chen and her husband. Just worth noting in this video, I was very taken back by what an investigation room looked at. I, to me, it's always like, well, it's a two-sided mirror. You've got handcuffs on and you're no. in a orange jumpsuit with a cigarette and maybe, you know what I mean? And it, that that's not what it was. No, they pull you into like a, like a, like a regular office where yeah. there's a table and chairs because they want you at ease. No, dude, the first 48 opened my eyes to that. The couple had reported their daughter, Ashley Zhao, missing a day earlier, prompting a frantic search by Stark County authorities. Early on in the interrogation, Ming Ming Chen claimed she had no idea how her daughter died. The lead detective takes note of the fact that Chen showed no emotion upon learning the devastating news that her daughter was dead. I know that you're not crying. You said I don't have nothing left. Isn't that what you told me? Okay, late. So if you can hear him, he says, you told me you have nothing left, and that's why she wasn't crying. Okay, could there be a bigger indicator that you're guilty than that? That your child has been killed and you don't have emotion over it? I understand the concept of like, dude, I'm all cried out. There's literally no more tears in my body. But like, you would pick it up on you though. And well, and like, you and, wouldn't feel emotionless. In in 24 hours, you still got tears in. Yeah, you, you know was, what I'm saying. 24 days later, maybe you're like, I, you know, I'm just numb right now. But some of you may not know the story, but my brother and his wife had a child that passed away early, and it's like four months old. All right, that was 20 years ago. Almost 20 years ago, they still will cry about that. It's just that that never leaves you. You don't have no tears left. You don't have nothing left. Ming Ming, your daughter is dead. After repeated denials, Ming Ming Jin eventually admits that she beat her daughter to death in a fit of rage in the kitchen of their home in North Canton. What happened? How did she die? She just killed her and then she died. Did you hit her? Yeah. Oof. Okay. How did you hit her? How? Yeah. Did you have to do that? Okay. State of Ohio versus Ming Ming. Chen then reveals that she told her husband, Liang Zhao, that she killed their daughter and asked him to get rid of the body, which he then hid inside their restaurant. I told my husband to take care of it. Okay. So you, you're telling me that you told your husband? I told my husband to take care of it. When pressed by detectives why she beat her daughter to death, Ming Ming Chen told them that she was overwhelmed by work and claims after her daughter spent an extended period of time in China with her paternal grandparents, she had become disobedient. I only take care of everything from the restaurant. I only have two hands. I'm not four hands, girl. I'm two hands. I don't want to do that to Ashley, but you can't control yourself sometimes. Wow. Wow, I have two hands. I'm not a four-hand girl. Is that? I mean, like, first of all, I mean, it just do psychopaths or something else. Right. Like I just can't. I, I'm always so interested in that. Like, like to be void of that. To be right. a void of any human. Like I don't have kids, right? But like I can still like listen to that and go. Dude, how can you be that awful? Just a complete and total lack of empathy, a complete and lack of For total humanity. Other people, right, right. like how can like, dude, I, I don't, I can't wrap my head around it. Um, I, and and I guess it's just like 
you know, if, if you're going to make the argument of, you know, I was overstressed and, you know, something happened and it was out of my control or I didn't intend on this to happen, but it did, like, you would at least... You wouldn't be making this justification of like, well, I'm too busy. Look how busy I am. There'd be you know remorse. I mean? Yeah, like, like, like if this was like genuine accident or like, hey, this was a punishment that got out of control, and you, that doesn't make it better. But like, at least I can see that, right? And you, there would still be emotion in right. that. This is just, eh, I, I got busy at the restaurant, so I decided to kill my daughter. And so they've sentenced her now to 22 years in prison. I right. hear when she gets out that they're going to send her back to China, which I can't hate. You know what I mean? Fine, whatever. Get right. out. Um, I'm I'm for that. Do we know the fate of the husband? I do not. I don't know if he's been sentenced yet. I looked yet. for it this morning. Maybe they haven't sentenced that yet, but I mean, he got rid of the body. Like, you're not skating on that. No. Um, part of my question with the sentencing is, why is it only 22 years? Like, why not? If you're going to prison her for any length of time, why wouldn't you just it make it life? life sentence? Yeah. There you go, bitch. Like, that, that, that's what you got to deal with. I wonder it's because they are going to deport her and they're like, you know what? We don't want to. We don't want the financial strain of this. Then deport her today. You yeah, know what I mean? I, I, like, I'm, well, I would. I, I'm with you the, on that. the only thing I'll say about not deporting her today, though, is, is, is as, an, as, as the American judicial system, can you feel confident saying, hey, China, here's this woman that killed her daughter and that she's going to face true justice? Or is it like, well, no, we're not giving her up because I want to make sure that she faces justice. I mean, here. China might just dig a hole and bury her. You know, well, I mean, might dig a hole I, and bury her. I don't know what they do over or there. Or it might be like, hey, dude, that one child program, you know, we, you know, it's even better when they're zero. You know what uh, I'm saying? Like, God, I hope not. So, so I, I feel like you're just putting a lot of faith into an, into another system there where it's like, if you really want justice to be served, maybe it would be better if there was a life sentence here. Yeah, I mean, look, if you kill your kid and somebody says, look, you know, the punishment for that now is we keep you inside forever. I'm totally all right. Yeah, hard to argue. I mean, it's it's hard to argue letting you go at that point. I just do being able to hear that and that like there's no remorse in it whatsoever. You're right. You're a little bit right in that. Like as a judge or jury, whatever, if I'm hearing that and there's no remorse in there whatsoever, now all of a sudden I want to come over top of my punishment. Like I want to stack it on you to where like to let you know, like I'm sending a message here. And I'm also would, would want to do it for the sending of the message to other people. Like, look, if you do this, this is what becomes of you. I just, man, that was honestly a little chilling to to hear somebody say that. Well, you know what? Sorry. I only got the two hands. Didn't, I didn't want to do this, but I'm just so busy. It's like busy has become like this thing where we excuse all things. This is definitely way too far for all that. She's getting what she deserves. You know what I mean? Let's serve your time and let's send her back to China. I'm totally, totally okay with that. We have charge tickets for this Friday. You'll have them next on rock. One Oh six, nine, the Stansberry show. Canton's rock station. Rock 1069. 106.9. And welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 1069. We're online at WRQK.com. We have tickets for the charge game. That's this Friday. We'll pass those out here momentarily. 1 800 243 7625 on those. And that's still to come. 9 o'clock is New Tour Tuesday. Brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino Northfield Park. You're getting a new Fergie. Yeah. New Luke Bryan. Kick the dust. And new theory of a dead man. All right. Interested to hear that track. A good buddy of mine works for Theory. And they're wrapping their tour up right now, so I'm interested to hear this song. It's a band I don't necessarily dislike. You know what I mean? It's like they're a radio rock band that's like, all right, every now and again, dude, Theory can get it done. They're a little nickelbackish for a lot of people. I understand that. I mean, Chad's actually the the guy that found them, from what I understand. God, don't say that. Now all of a sudden, everyone's going to be like, damn, dead man, worst band ever! No, honestly, I, I remember I interviewed those guys on their first tour through, and, you know, I asked them about working with Chad, and 
One of the things that I think the guy's name is Taylor, the lead singer of that band, that he said to me is that I'll give Chad this. Like, we kept asking him, when we putting the record out? Like, when are we going to put the record out? And Chad kept telling us, until I come see you five nights in a row and you blow me away live, I'm not letting you record a damn thing. So say whatever you want about Chad Kroger from Nickelback. He's a perfectionist. Like, he knows how to get it done. I don't know. Why am I always caping up for Nickelback? Just standing on that Chad Kroger hill, know, dude. I don't know why I'm always caping. I don't know why I'm always caping up for that dude. And that's Loves just them. it. Like I don't like love them. I just I think they just get unfairly targeted by music people who think that they're music snobs. And then I look through your collection, I'm like, dude, you can't be a snob and own this. Yeah. You know what I mean? I Def Leppard, best band ever. Nickelback sucks. sucks. Right. Okay. That's always Smart. my analogy. Is that Smart. the guy the guy in the Def Leppard shirt telling me Nickelback sucks? Is hilarious. Guitars, drums. So I saw this thing now where this teacher has been dismissed in Utah. All right. And apparently, what he did, he's like an art teacher, and he showed kids like some paintings, like these European paintings, and there were, there was some nudity in it. Okay. And this is like an elementary school, and he's been dismissed okay. from his position. And at first, I was like, well, I mean, they kind of showed. Me pictures of like the statue of David when I was a kid, but I think haven't we edited that? Like, didn't they cut the? I'm pretty sure they like they hacked the D off of David. I know, I think they did. John Bobbitt. I'm pretty (laughs) sure they did. I'm pretty sure. No, I'm pretty pretty sure they took the you know the the level there, like leveled them out. And so I was like, well, maybe. I mean, like if it's art, is that one of those things? And you know what? And I know that's that's going to be some of you guys' take. Well, it's art. It's different. It's not like necessarily hustler, and. I would agree that art is not hustler. Right. I, you and I would agree on that. However, you got to remember when art like this was coming out, it was considered to be the pornography of its day. Right. And so there's that. And I, I got to tell you, a teacher in 2018, whether or not you should be able to show kids pictures of art like that, you got to know that in this day and age, you're somebody's going to have an issue. And the way you worded that makes a lot of difference because, you know, it's 2018, whether you should or should not be able to show kids pictures of. And I was like, uh oh, <laughs> and you say art. Now, if you would have said showed kick, pick kids pictures of naked people, we're in a completely different conversation. At the end of the day, this yeah, is language used matter. This is still naked people. Like, that's the truth of it. And, like, I guess maybe if this was, like... You know what it is? Is that the women in those paintings, you wouldn't bang today. Uh-huh. And so, like, therefore, it's considered yeah. art okay. Versus, okay. versus, like, right. pornography. Pornography seems to be, like, if you wanted to sleep with the people, it's porn. Well, Where if, you, if it's just, like, old and you wouldn't touch them... It's not necessarily. Now, let's say one of the fine artists of today, and I don't necessarily know who that is, but like, okay, one but of Canton's the- Canton's got a hundred of them. One, one of the great artists, and I'm saying of the world right now, decided to pour himself into and, and spend, you know, a, a, a Michelangelo-esque amount of time on a painting of Lisa Ann. Is that going to be like, well, it's still a dude, it's, a, it's an artist that has a ton of respect and blah, 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 and he just so happened to paint a porno, you know, pornographical actress. Like, is that going to- well, it's art still. No, of course not, because because it's no, porn. Because right? of who she is. Right. It so matters. Like, I, 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 I don't I, know why, but it does. I, I can't. I guess if it was a high school and you, you know, built into it and like, hey, this week is going to be the week where there will be some nudity in these paintings. Your parents have to sign something. There will be a representative from the school in the building to make sure that nothing inappropriate happens. Then you're you're dotting your I's and crossing your T's right there. But with this where it's like, nah, dude, fourth graders, here's a naked chick. Like, that's that's the problem to me. I mean, it, it, nobody would have. And I went to private school most of my life until I got into like eighth grade. 
But like nobody would have thought twice about giving me an art history book where that stuff was filled with that. Right. Or let's be honest, a National Geographic book in in, in school when when you're in 6th grade, boobs are boobs. I don't care what they're attached to. Right. Right. Well, but let's say that fourth grader sees this art, sees this thing, and tries to redraw it and tries to redo it. Oh, that kid's going to be you know, he's gonna be kicked out of school. Yeah, you find a fourth grader with a picture of a naked lady, which, I mean, dude, at that point, I mean, I can totally remember. I'm like, dude, if I just kind of draw boobs, that's good enough for me. Like, you know, I'm in sixth grade. It didn't matter. So, like, yeah, I just. Corduroy's tight. Right. And I just feel like at that point, like, you know, if, if it's not okay for the kid to repeat, it's not okay to present to the kid. There was part of me when I first read this when I was like, dude, we can't show kids art now like we can't show them art but then i started thinking about it like that's too easy like saying oh my god late night we can't show our kids art now like how you're making it too easy because what because what i think then there is you mean to tell me there's no great art from those periods that i can show these kids without boobs Right. There's no, I mean, right. we can't, we can't still study the period and not necessarily get into this. And let's be honest, do fifth graders really care about studying the not period of art? Not, not even a little bit, not even a little bit. And so that's all I want is a little situational awareness. Yeah. I mean, the fifth graders are just happy. It's like, well, I don't have to do math or social studies. Let's just right. draw a picture of a fish. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, in the Baroque period, blah, 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 blah. It's like, shut up, dude. Like you're right. We, you, you have to keep in perspective of like who these kids are and, and nudity is just not a part of elementary school, dude. I feel like that's a pretty safe statement. Yeah, and like I said, that, that art was not considered art at the time. Like when it was put out, it was considered to be tawdry. And like that, and that, and there is an argument in that that that's what art is supposed to be, and that it is pushing the envelope, and that it is doing that. But I agree that in high school, you should be mentally prepared for some of that, to where if they show you. Like some some great art throughout history, and yeah, David's got the penis and that whole thing. Right, that you should be able to get through it. Now, granted, you're still in ninth, tenth grade. It's still going to be funny. Look, balls. Uh, there's going to be some of that, like for sure. But I'm but I'm on your side there. Like at least because it is your job to educate my child. Right, right. But maybe a little heads up to me about what you're going to do. At least give me the option to say no. My kid's not doing that. I mean, there's a little bit of this that it's like this. Like showing them pornographic art from from Europe is almost like showing them the movie Deep Throat and saying, "Well, we're studying film, right?" And uh, who's <laughs> making that argument? You know what I mean? Nobody, literally, nobody is going to make that crazy argument. We have uh, can charge tickets. We'll take caller seventeen right now one eight hundred two four three. 7625 on those. And when we get back, Fantone, I'm going to run you through, give you a, like an audio tour of the legal cannabis marketplace of Las Vegas. We'll give you, uh, we'll give you my in-store experience next on Rock 106.9. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever. Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. And coming up at 9 o'clock is New Tour Tuesday. You're getting new uh, Fergie, new Luke mm-hmm. Bryan, new Theory of a Dead Man. So I was in the hallway, and I started yeah. talking to our good buddy, Keith Kennedy. 98.1. Yeah, does mornings there over at 98.1, WKDD there, sister station. <laughs> so I said to him, I was like, hey, man, haven't seen you in a while. Yeah? How was Christmas? How was the break? How was New Year? How was all that? He's like, it's fine. It's like, it's cold. I said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, I'm aware, man. Like, I was in Vegas. I got back. It's freezing cold. Said, as a matter of fact, dude, I slept in a hoodie last night. That's how cold it is in my in my bedroom, in my apartment right now. For some reason, my bedroom is like three times as cold. He's like, yeah, I don't have power in half my house. Okay. And I was like, how do you lose power in half the house? 
I said, so I said, said to him, I said, well, what'd you do? Right? Because it's like, dude, you don't lose power in half the house. It's like, I tried to install, and that, that's where I just started laughing. I guess it was a new chandelier in his house. Jeez. And none of the power upstairs works now. Swanky-ass Kennedy household up there. Just chandeliers and champagne everywhere. So apparently. he and his wife and the kid are just been like hunkered down on the couch downstairs because the boy knocked the power on his house. So Kennedy, why are you trying to install like you know new chandeliers in your house? Uh, there's plenty of times in life. I'm like, all right, dude, you can do this. Like, you can put this together. You yeah, can YouTube figure it. this out. Right. You yeah, YouTube, YouTube it. it. Try to, but, dude, hanging a chandelier and trying to wire that up, Keith Kennedy was 100% incapable of that. And the lack of self-awareness that it would take to be like, no, I'm going to climb that ladder. I'm going to power this whole thing down. And then, dude, come I, on. What were you thinking, I bro? Said, I said, dude, where was your wife? Like, where was your wife, the woman who thinks you're an idiot? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, that's right. what that's what, what wives for. are for. That's what she's there that's for. That's exactly what they're for is to be like, yeah, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> like, let's not <laughs> let's not do that. Let's call somebody and have them do that. I uh, I saw Mrs. Kennedy a couple of times over the uh, Christmas break for some reason. I felt like I couldn't get away from them. Dude, she's a partier, man. She loves to have a good time. Like, she is a lot of fun to go out with. And, like, when you're there and she's like, nope, we're doing more drinks. It's, it's very contagious. Yeah, I don't know what she married a wet blanket for. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because she's such a cool, like, she outward like, person. Mm-hmm, like, she was so at the Christmas fun. party. She was one of my favorite people at the mm-hmm. Christmas party. And then she just married a total drab. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't understand it. But I, I, I think it's like they are are like the perfect example of opposites attract a right. little bit because his wife is really cool really outgoing fun, total time, fun right. good time and he's just constantly staring at the watch like let's go home just be i want to go budget. home i have so yeah dude like he's got no power in half his house so you should see the look <laughs> on his face when i was like well buddy if you want to spend the night at my house you can like, like when he felt like, oh my god, I might have to go over Stansbury's for warmth. <laughs> dude, bringing the family too. Don't do that. It just, dude, the look on his face when I had warmth and he didn't. You could just tell he hated every bit of that. But again, I'd call somebody and have them do that for me. I'm not trying yeah. to install chandeliers and ceiling fans or whatever the hell it was he was trying to do over there with no training. Now, I mean, there's dudes out there None. who are listening who are thinking to themselves, "You idiots! What do you mean you can't yeah, put a dude, ceiling yeah, fan up there? Yeah, you wire this, wire that. Right, but but Keith Kennedy." has zero and I None. mean zero handiness to him. Dude. The guy is the guy's not Bob Vila. <laughs> like, no. Not even close. None. Not at all. So I was in Vegas and uh for those of you that don't know, Nevada has the legal weed. They have the they have the legal marijuana there. Nice. And so as I was making my way out there, everybody's like, dude, tell me how that is. I want to know how that is. Smoke it, bro. 420, blaze it. 420, blueberries. So I had flown to Vegas, and I started to do the family thing. And then, you know, next thing I got wrapped up, you know, I took the niece to the movies a couple of times. And we did a couple of things, and I had been pushing it down the line, down the line, down the line. It's like, yeah, I'll go tomorrow. Yeah, I'll go tomorrow. Yeah, I'll go tomorrow. Yeah, because, dude, how crappy are you as a person if it's like... Got off, land. Right, got off the plane, Scroosey and my mom, Scroosey and my niece, Scroosey and my brother. I just got to go take a bong rip. Yeah, you know, I'm glad I'm glad you didn't, you know, you weren't hot and bothered off the plane. Well, what it. I didn't want it to look like is like, this is why I came here. And by the way, you live here. Like, that's what I didn't want it to look like that. Okay. And so, like, I kept pushing it down the line. Okay. And even my brother said to me, he's like, dude, I can't believe you haven't gone there yet. And so I thought about it on Christmas Day. And I was like, well, they're not open on Christmas Day. And then I looked. Yeah, yeah they are. Because yeah, welcome to Las Vegas. Like, dude, Las Vegas will break your will. As a matter of fact, I, I, I posted this on Twitter. 
Las Vegas can make people do whatever they want. You want proof? Their Chick-fil-A is open on Sunday. Yeah. Vegas gets what Vegas wants. Right? So... I was like, dude, don't go on Christmas. That's sacrilegious. Like, don't do that. <laughs> you won't masturbate on Christmas. So yeah, I think, I like, I think standing in line for dope, um, that probably crosses that line. So it's the night before I'm leaving. Okay? And it's pretty late. And by late, I mean it's like 9, 30, 10 o'clock. So it's not early in the night. Was it was it tough for you to get over that time switch, dude? Because, I mean, we live this weird schedule. Now all of a sudden you're three hours behind. 10 o'clock feels like 1 o'clock. I'm sure that was kind of a little bit of a change, I right? stayed on the East Coast schedule okay. of our time while I was in Las Vegas. Okay. Hard to do because you're going to bed really early in the right. day there. But yeah, I, for the most part, I, I was trying to stay as close to our schedule as I possibly could. Because I didn't want to be all screwed up when I got home. So it's the night before I'm leaving. It's like 9.30. We just got done watching Dunkirk, which was, oh my God, mind-numbingly boring. And everybody starts to go to bed or whatever. And I was like, all right, well, dude, I guess maybe I'll just go to the legal weed store, right? right? Like, I've been here almost a week. Like, let's go. Right. So I pull up the thing, and I find I was like, I just searched for the closest one to my brother's house. Now, did you just Google it, or did you use like do, like like Bud Finder? No, I like, just I, okay. I I just I I ser- you know what I did is I pulled up like the Google Maps app, yeah. and I just typed in marijuana dispensary in there. Okay, and it pulled me up, and the closest one to my brother's house was this place called Thrive Cannabis Marketplace, which was six point one miles away from my brother's house. Open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Never taking breaks. As a matter of fact, it's like I said, they were open on Christmas Day. It's that, it's that grind. It's that marijuana hustle, baby. Never never take a day off. So I started driving there, right? And I'm driving down the street, and I was like, you got to be careful in Vegas, man. They're strict on the driving stuff there. Like, if you're on your phone in Las Vegas, it's not like, oh, whatever, next time. It's a $500 fine if they catch you on your phone in Vegas. Um, The first one. And then it goes up by like 250 bucks every time you get caught. They're just trying to take your money as a tourist where it's like, dude, the more money we can get out of your wallet, the better. Absolutely. And obviously with it being party USA, you know, party town USA, intoxicated driving has to be a huge deal for them. So I understand why they drop oh, the yeah. hammer pretty hard. Vegas is, this is the way Vegas looks at stuff. We let you do pretty much whatever you want. So whatever we tell you not to do, we're throwing the book at you for doing it. And that was usually how they were with drugs, right? Like drug yeah. penalties were really Oh, stiff dude, marijuana right. possession was seven years. Jeez. Seven years. Inside. Like, as a matter of fact, we're going to circle back around because I think that's how we get legal weed everywhere. So I was like, I was just interested. So you walk in to the front door And there's a big glass wall with two people standing behind it. And so you don't just walk in and walk right into the store, right? So you walk in and there's like a bank teller window. They're behind glass and they say, slip your ID through the slot. Okay. And I said to the woman, I said, it's it's an Ohio ID. And she looked at me and was like, so? (laughs) So I gave her my ID. She looks at it. And then she buzzes the door and you just pull the door open and you walk and there's like a little reception area, a couple of couches. Nice, like, soft music playing. Okay. And then she says, well, the showroom's through here. Jeez. Yeah, they call it a showroom. All right. And then you walk in there. And the person you think that's standing behind the counter at the legal weed counter is the person standing behind the counter at the is. legal weed yeah, counter. Of course he is. Right? So I, I, I get, like, the short-haired, gender-neutral woman who's, like, you know, the perfect embodiment of, like, 2017, 2018, right? Like, okay. that's who I got, right? 
And so I go walking up to her and she's like, hey, how are you? What can I help you with? And I said, I don't know. I was like, I don't know if this is like a head chop, if I'm not allowed to use certain terminology, like what happens? Because if you go into a head chop here in Ohio, you say bong, they're throwing you out. See ya. They're throwing you out, right? So I was like, I don't really know. She's like, nah. She's like, it's not really so much like that. She's like, what are you looking for? And I said, well, here's the thing. I'm an enthusiast of the product for sure, but I don't know anything about it. Like, I am weed ignorant. As a person who uses the product, I don't know anything about it. Like, people always say indica, sativa. I don't know. I have no idea what any of that stuff means. Don't care what any of that stuff means. So she says to me, she's like, well, what are you looking for? Are you looking for some edibles? Are you looking for, you know, flour? That's what they call, like, standard weed now. Right. That's what the hipsters call that there. They call it the flour there. And I was like, all right, well, let's stick with what I know. Right? She says, well, when are you flying back home? And I said, tomorrow. And she goes, all right, well, let me show you what we got. And it started out, Fantone, like, like it seemed like their low end was like $14 a gram. Okay. And then she's like, right. over here's like the better end of what we got, and that's like $20 a gram. It's not terrible prices. I mean... It's high. It's yeah, higher I mean, than it is from your local weed dealer. Yeah, but... I mean, it's not like it's not like crazy. I mean, like unless you're getting it's friends, not triple unless unless you're getting friends and family discount for like a decent bag of weed. An eighth's going to be fifty, and a quarter's going to be a hundred. How many grams are in the eighth? And an eighth is three point five, doubled up to seven for a quarter there. So like it's probably on par with like normal prices there. It's Feels, not too. It's right, not. Right. It's not too crazy, right? And she goes, "You're leaving tomorrow." I said, "Yeah." And see again because I'm weed ignorant. I didn't know how much two grams was going to be, but a gram seemed like that's probably not enough. Right. I was like, so give me the two gram. I was like, I'll take two grams of that. And I'm obviously in from out of town, so it's not like I have anything with me. So I was like, I need that utensil right there. Okay. And, you know, my nobody in my family smokes even cigarettes. So I was like, let me grab me that lighter. Okay. So I got two grams, a utensil and a lighter, and it cost me like 54 bucks. That's very fair. Really I mean, that fair. Is. I mean, that's that's okay. Really fair. So then the girl says, "All right, go to the end of the counter, and Tracy down there will she'll go into the back room and get what your stuff for you, and she'll hand it to you, because they, they they don't do like it's not like right over the counter, right? And so like nothing gets served to you from inside like the display case. Like they show you the stuff from the display case, and then it's all kept locked in the back right. room, obviously, because somebody you know what I mean. Right. They're worried about theft and all that." And so they hand you, she comes back, and she hands you this big white envelope. And you can tell everything's packed in there, and they say, here's your receipt, and here's a sticker that tells you what you just got. It gives you the strain, how much of what is in this, and this and that. And okay. I, and she didn't tell me much of anything after that, so I kept the receipt as if it was like a gold bar. Because <laughs> I was like, dude, if I get pulled over, I want like, no, bro, look, look, I just bought this, you know? Because again, Vegas rolls hard like that. And... Like an idiot, I get into the car in the parking lot and I'm trying to open the envelope. And it's one of these things where you pinch it and then you pull, pull across it. Okay. it. And I couldn't get it. I was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and I'm like trying to pull the thing open and I look over the car next to me and everybody's just like laughing at me, right? I finally get it open. I drive home. And not only do they package everything in the large envelope, but then the marijuana itself is in smaller cellophane bags. So each gram is in its own separate bag as if you can kind of like tear the lid off of that and then have it and then keep one to go, you know, or whatever. 
And so I thought that was interesting. I was like, okay, well, that's pretty interesting. It felt like the packaging overall was interesting. Should be pointed out, it was 11.30 at night I was in this place. I think it was. 11.30 Vegas time. And they were swamped. I mean, swamped. There wasn't a line around the block. But there was enough people in there. I mean, dude, it was packed like a club. And they still got me in and out in 10 minutes. Okay, so it was a quick process. No, you dude, in line. so okay. from the moment I opened the front door, I could have been in and out of there much faster than that had I had experience buying from a... I said right. to the woman, I said, I'm just kind of freaking out. I'm not in somebody's basement right now trying right. to avoid the sound of their kids playing. So, like, I'm, I'm freaking out, man. <laughs> like, it was the easiest... Most convenient situation I have ever seen in my entire life. So I asked the woman, I said, is this about par? And she goes, oh, God, no. She's like, we're slow right now. I said, what's a good day? She goes, well, we did about 450000 yesterday. Jesus, dude. Wow. 400000 wow. I went to the place that just happened to be closest to my brother's house. Wow. There was like 15 of them in the area. And I'll tell you, all of you people that are worried about the fear of what it's going to look like, I drove past Thrive, the place I went didn't six know. times, didn't know what it was. Now, when you parked, like, and you got, I'm sure when you opened the door, the smell of funk had to hit you in the Nowhere. face. No, but like, you know, you, know? you can't smell weed anywhere. I'm surprised. No, it didn't smell like weed in there. It didn't smell like weed in the parking lot. It did. You know wow. why? Because they cracked down. Like, they made sure, they tell you, do not use this on our premises, because that's the thing. If they get caught and people are smoking weed there, guess what happens? Right, they get the license. Yeah, Vegas is going to be like, no, bro, you're out. So, no, it doesn't reek like weed driving down the street like people complain about Denver. But, again, Vegas doesn't have open air. Like, you can't just smoke in Vegas. Like, you can't do that. As a matter of fact, the casinos are like, "Uh uh-uh, dude, you're not bringing that on the casino floor? Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Not a thing. It's got to be private property, right? Private residence is the way they have deemed it. But I believe when you rent a hotel room that that you are essentially turning that into your private residence that night. Right. I mean, still, if they have a no-smoking rule, it applies to all things. Yeah, you have to have a smoking room in Vegas. But like the casino, like where you can still smoke cigarettes in certain portions of the casino, they're like, nah, dude, you're not doing that in here. That's not happening. Until they get it figured out, they're not going to let you do that. Well, especially from a casino's perspective of like, yo, this is still federally illegal. The last thing we want is feds right. in here sniffing around. Exactly. Um, I wonder when it does go nationally, like federally legal. I wonder if that oh, will. Oh, they'll have to remove it. If they it, let you it, drink. It they let you drink. So 400000 in the day. One of them. Packed. Lines around. Dude, I'm telling you, I don't know what has to happen. What has to happen? How much money? How many other places do you got to see? California now. Oregon. Nevada. You know, the West. You know, the better part of the country. They're all getting on it. What more do you got to see? If I told everybody in Canton that the potholes get fixed, do I get legal weed? Because here's my thing. Here's what we do. Now, this will never happen. But here's what I suggest we do, America. That we legalize recreational marijuana and we do a every five-year plan. So for five years, the tax money goes to this, and then we pick another problem. And then the next five years of tax money, it goes to pay for that. And five years later, you switch what it is. Then on top of that, what we do is, for the people who are worried that their country's going to go to hell in a handbasket for legalizing a drug, which it won't, but for those of you that worry that that's what will happen, then we stiffen the penalties on every other drug-related thing we have. 
and we throw the book at drug addicts and we lock everybody up. But because anything you do that we won't allow you to do, we take Vegas's model. Whatever we'll let you do, you do to your heart's content. But if we tell you not to, then there are serious penalties for it. Then everybody gets what they want. Everybody wins. And money just starts to flow down from the mountain. But I'll always go back to this. It's you're worried that we're going to have to walk back this lie that we've told people that you can't smoke weed and become successful in this country, which is, of course, absurd. Now, you got to remember, I'm also the guy that tells you it's absurd to tell teenagers that smoking weed isn't addictive. They just made video game playing a mental health condition and that it's addictive. So if I can be addicted to Halo, then marijuana is absolutely addictive. You guys got to stop with this, like these lies on both sides. Both sides got to stop lying. But it was the easiest transaction I've ever made in my life. And Vegas is just watching money just file in. So you keep dragging your feet, Ohio. You keep doing that. New Tour Tuesday starts next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Hey, guys, you got Stansberry here. $1,000 is momentarily, so stick around check that out. We're going to start New Tour Tuesday now. Those of you uh, newer to the program, we bar no musical format here. We also would like to play uh, local submissions, so if you have those, send them in. Stansberry at WRQK.com. We'll get your band played. Yeah, I bet your band right now is like, no, new year, new us. We're going to get on new turn Tuesday. All you got to do is email your stuff in. That's it's right. so easy. Email it in. Stansberry at WRQK.com. Include a short little bio on the band. Make sure the song is edited for airplay there. Sometimes the bios are the best part. That's my favorite. That's why I keep that's why I always remind people to send it. Trunk Ride is a hard rocking trio out of Canton, Ohio that have been together for six months. Trunk Ride is awesome. Trunk Ride is awesome, no doubt. I saw those guys at Post <laughs> those guys were pretty great. Good times there. So yeah, they have been on New Turn Tuesday, by the way. So we're gonna uh, start this week's episode the way we normally do, which is uh with the top forty artists and uh, Fergie. Obviously, uh, from Black Eyed Peas fame, and then she, you know, kind of went on and did her own thing. Her what? That solo album was like massive, right? She yeah, had, like, I four mean, big it, hits off of that. ten ten years ago at this point, but she's had plenty of success. Um, she was in Black Eyed Peas in that when they were the most successful. Like Black Eyed Peas was an underground rap group, and then Fergie came along, and it was like, no, we're a pop group, and it was like, well, you sold a million records, <laughs> so like, good for you, bro. Yeah, absolutely. So her new uh, her new song is called A Little Work. Probably the right time of year to put this out, right? First yeah. of the year there. I think we just did a Fergie song like maybe a month ago. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. A lot of answers I'm looking for in these meds. About the time I talk to somebody, shrink my head. A lot of promises, broken things that were said. Ooh. And I can't get out of this bed. Got bruises on my heart, plenty scars on my mind. Got blisters under the bandit over my life. Gonna rip it open and show the world what's there. Lord knows I'm not perfect When everything around me starts to fall I rise up again to the call just a little bit broken She can sing Like about these kind of songs now is like, dude, I feel like people listen to the radio and go, 
you know what? She's right. No reason to work on myself because right. we're all broken. Right. We're all going. So now I don't have to like fix what's awful about me. No, you do. Yeah, <laughs> like, you should. Like if you can't accept me at my best, you don't deserve me at my worst. No, or whatever bitch. Try not to be off. your worst twenty four <laughs> hours a day. God damn it. Quit, uh, do the. Oh my god. Just chicks just constantly patting themselves on the back for being complicated. No, just don't be awful. All right, apparently I'm going to yell a little bit today. <laughs> <laughs> apparently there's a little bit of yelling. Had a lot of questions about daddy after he left. Now it's just mama and them kids. Fergie really working out the issues, dude. Like depression, well, father issues there. Well, her and her, her, and her man are, are going through it, right? Uh, yeah, I think it's Josh like, Dumel. Josh Dumel, yeah. yeah. I, think he, uh, I think they're divorced now. That's a good so. looking dude there, That Josh is a good Dumel. looking dude right there. She said, I'll hold it down, don't you worry, we'll find a way. No matter how I make sure the bills get paid She gave it all and thank God the mouse got fed She prayed the cycle would end When everything around me starts to fall We rise up again to the She's right. But I think that does happen. Is that people sit there and they think to themselves, like, God, I'm a fat slob tub of lard. I need to get it turned around. And there you are, just like, you know, elbow deep in a bucket of fried chicken behind the wheel on tusk. And then Fergie starts singing, and you're like, yeah, she's right. I mean, everybody's got problems. The guy next to me's picking his nose in traffic. I just need more drumsticks. And you just keep rifling chicken into your fat face because, you know what I mean? Fergie's telling you it's going to be all right. And she looks good when she works so maybe you're okay but you're not okay dude we're all a wreck The song could use a little work. There's new, there's new Fergie, a little work fan. Don't give me the vote there, but I am going to go with. Eh, it's half a turn. Number 
particularly great song, but you know, you mentioned in there, Fergie can sing, she can, and she has star power. And this song is coming out at the perfect time right yes. now. If they if they get this in rotation quick enough, that's a hit record. So I don't like it, but I'll say half. You and I completely one hundred percent agree. I'm gonna vote half a turn on that as well. Eh, it's <laughs> half a turn. Yeah, dude. Like the new year, new me yeah. crowd. I need yeah. a little work. She's got we work. Everybody's work, needs everyone. work. It's all right. That my, it's all right that my marriage is falling apart because I can't get off of Facebook at night instead of talking to my wife. It's fine because we all need work. Yeah, that song will totally find its crowd. We have new Luke Bryan, and uh, that song is called "Most People Are." G- <laughs> most most people are good. I can't even get through it without laughing at that. That's next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword CASH to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's CASH to 200-200. Rock 106.9. It commends Cause nobody gets a second chance to make new old friends. I believe in working hard for what you Whether you like him or not, dude, he knows how to get to that middle American thing. The thing I'm going to say about it is, is you just like, if this would have been a, a pop artist singing this, it would have been like, oh, virtue signaling, just three and a half minutes of virtue signaling when he does it. Yeah, there's, it, there's truth in that. When he does it, it's like, no, that's the good stuff, man. That's, that's what well, it's Well, you know to what the difference there, though, is, is that country's always been that format. Um, Kenny's always been the good stuff guy. I mean, dude, the, that good stuff, that song's 20 years old. I, 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 it just, it's just, to me, it just, if, if, if this were Justin Timberlake, same song, same everything, it'd be like, you Quit preaching to me. You libtard. What yeah, are you talking about? There is truth. There, you're not wrong on that. But I, I would say that because country music has always and predominantly been from that place where pop music's always been from sliding into somebody's pants and being a, a little bit crude, that it does, that maybe that's why it's a little bit more noticeable. I believe this world ain't half as bad as it looks I I believe most people are good You know, this is what people are always talking about right now, though, that if you shut off the news and you go to your neighbor's house on Friday and you play cards, you'll find out most people agree on more than they disagree with. Oh, and I think that's 100% the case. Um, This break that we just had, dude, it was so nice to disconnect and like not feel that sense of like, well, what's going to piss me off and what's going to piss Dan off and how are we going to exploit that? It it really is nice sometimes just to be able to check out. Like, I almost forgot who the president was while I was on vacation, which is like the best thing ever. Not because of who he is. Stand where your lip talk. Not because of who he is. Okay. Just because it's nice to just be able to get away from it. I believe them streets of gold are worth the work. But I'd still want to go even if they were paved in dirt. 
They love those dirt roads. I love dude. those dirt roads. They dude. love that dirt. If you live in the city, you are a piece of crap. Where are you on a dirt road? What do you got? A pavement princess? <laughs> Jack that thing up. And if they were paved in dirt. You can't pave things in dirt. No, you can't. That's the opposite of paving. Well on the young. Cause wisdom in your teens would be a lot less fun. I believe. If you just go by the nightly news, your faith in all mankind would be the first thing you lose. That's true. I believe most people are good and most mamas ought to qualify for sainthood. That's a rough transition. I believe most Friday nights look better underneath on our stadium lines. That's another tough one right there. Yeah, but dude, that's America. You know what I mean? Under them, because dude, what did everybody in Star County just think when they when they heard that? Damn right, damn right. That's where them Tigers play. That's where them Bulldogs play. Under them Friday night line, dude. That dude, I'm telling you right now, that line's gonna kill with Middle America. Friday nights look better underneath on our stadium lights. I believe you love who you love. Ain't nothing you should ever be ashamed of. What a shout out to the LGBTQ community. Is that I feel what like that there. is? There, I, I don't know how else you would interpret it. Well, right? maybe, dude, you're not ashamed to be with a fat chick. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the way I read it. All right. You love you gotta remember, dude. These are rodeo people. You know what dude, I mean? You, I, you, I, and everyone else. Nobody really loves a fat chick. It's like, all right, well, I'll go home with you. But like, come on. Friday nights look better underneath on our stadium lights. I believe you love who you love. Ain't nothing. He's kind of putting himself out there vocally. You know what I mean? Like usually, Luke Bryan vocals aren't like the highlight of the well, song. Well, they hide it because right. dude, he's he's not he's a good entertainer. He's not necessarily a great singer. That right there is straight lifted from another song that I can't place it right now. I believe that days go slow and years go fast. That's true. And every breath's a gift, the first one to the last. I believe most people are good and most mamas ought to qualify for sainthood. I believe most Friday nights look better under me on her stadium line. has nothing to do with Luke Bryan <laughs> at all. But you know who I would be who one of the most people one of the people I'd be most interested to interview would be oh my god, what's that guy? Darius Rucker. Okay. A little Hootie action right yeah, there. Yeah. Because that guy went from being in Hootie and the Blowfish, one of the biggest bands in the 90s, right? And then now he's like a country music artist and he's slaying it. But imagine what that guy has heard on the road, backstage, people don't know he's in the next room. Darius, like, imagine some of the stuff as people are like, racism's over. Imagine what Darius Rucker has overheard on tour buses and backstages, especially when he was first coming out in that industry. I'd be very interested to hear if Darius Rucker feels like most people are good. 
I mean, I, I think different, you know, different circumstances, different situations in life are going to change your perspective on that. But I, I think with most things, like if you really keep perspective on it, most people probably are good. Now's better than ever. Like, I don't know. I'd hope to, I'd like to think that Darius Rucker can recognize that like, yeah, maybe some bad things happen, but I'm not Jackie Robinson. You know what I mean? Like there's, you gotta, you gotta acknowledge the progress. I mean, he's a member of the made. Grand Ole Opry. So yeah, like, something there. I mean, we have, we have moved the bar a little bit. Fanto, give me the vote on the Luke Bryan there. Buddy. I'm going to go with it's a turn. Not exactly an upbeat song right there. And that's what I usually look for out of bro country stylings. And it, to me, the thing that really just kind of like irks me about that song is if I said those exact same things, people would crucify me. You liberal, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, you put a country guitar behind it and all of a sudden it's just the good stuff, you know? So I'm going to call it a turd. I'm going to say it's a really good album track, but it's not a hit record. And for that, I'm going to have to call it half a turd. Eh, it's mm. half a turd. But you're right. If you stood up and said that. If I said most people are good and everyone should come together on Friday night and not do you, dude, you'd crucify me. Well, there's some very good people on that side. head off, dude. Some very good people on that side. <laughs> little jab there. Just a little quick one there. We have one more song for you. It's New Theory of a Dead Man. That's next on Rock 106. Your next opportunity at $1,000 happens at 1010 this morning. Teresa will give you your next keyword. You'll text it in, and you'll have 1000 bucks to start your new year. God, that sounds good. Sounds so good, dude. Sounds so good. Amazing. Yeah, I would probably turn that into a set of title as AP1s, but you do whatever you want. A thousand Sugardale hot dogs at Friday night's Canton Charge oh. game. That's what you should do. Bro, I'm serious, dude. <laughs> Get them to sell me a case. I don't, I, I don't have time to be going to games. I want more hot dogs, less games. I like how two years ago it was like, yo, Fantone, hook me up with a Canton Charge girl. Now it's just like, yo, Fantone, hook me up with a case of hot dogs. Dude, if, I'm, <laughs> dude, if I want anything stuffed in a casing, I want it to be the meat. Fine, yeah, cheerleaders look good in leggings. Nope, I want cased meat. I do. I'm serious. You get me a case of them dogs, <laughs> dude. I'll see. I'll see what kind of hookup I have. I know you don't see. <laughs> this is like a Yoda moment. There is no try. You just do. I need a case of them dogs. Where uh, I don't actually need it at all. As a matter of fact, dude, your boy is large right now. Dude, I ate so much in Vegas, I don't even know where to begin. Oh, my God. Um, I would begin at Mr. Hero. Dude, go get yourself a Roman burger. They don't have that. No, I, dude, I started reading this book, and that's where everything goes wrong, is reading. Is reading okay. Yeah, because you start learning something. Trying and you're to improve like, yourself. Yeah, okay. dude, reading's not good. And, dude, I started reading this book called Wheat Belly, which is all about like how grain is like the number one thing that is like ruining American bodies and like what's r- number one thing wrong in this country with the way we eat is like, did you do grain is all bad? It's that processed, you know, white, white flour. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, and, dude, it, there's nothing good in it. They're saying even like whole wheat flour, no good for no you. No good. No boy. They're no. like, dude, you got to stay away from all that. Dude, so I've been reading that and I've been reading up on the paleo diet. See, now here's the problem, dude, is we're throwing ourselves at these concepts of like, well, no, I'm just going to eat meat and I'm eat like a caveman or I'm just, you know what? I'm cutting out all bread and I'm just going to eat. Jeez. Where moderation in all things is the right yeah, way to go, for like, sure. Yeah, no, I know that. But yeah, like I'm reading about this paleo diet. And it is. It's like th- literally it comes down to this. If a caveman didn't hunt it down, you don't eat it. Like 
essentially, like it, you don't like you if if you had to hunt and kill it, that's okay for you to eat. So brontosaurus is the only thing I can eat. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, Fred Flintstone. This one, uh, dude. You know, Fred and Barney were always up into some hijinks. You know what I mean? I, I don't know if I got time for all that, but like I just, you know, I I feel like me staying away, and I hate like I hate I'm gluten intolerant. No, you're not. You're you're, you're totally fine. What it is is that the human body's not supposed to have this much wheat in it and everything we have like they talk about that in that book that nobody's essentially gluten intolerant it's just that we're so much of that stuff in everything we do now that it's you know it, it uh, so i read, started reading that book and then i do then i just wanted bread and i was like you know what i mean like this is working in opposite of me like i want bread and i can't i don't know but the, dude do, read that book because it's eye-opening all man. right all right and tell me how it turns out. <laughs> Dude, this book sucks. I'm going to go eat. Yeah, because I uh, I had to put it down. We're nearing the end of New Turd Tuesday. We've already played you the new Fergie, a little work. We both voted half a turd on that one. Then we played you Luke Bryan. Most people are good. Fantone voted uh, turd. I voted half there. And then now we have New Theory of a Dead Man. The song's called Medicaid, but they're, they're doing like the rock thing where it's like RX. Yeah. RX. Drugs. Here it is. Kick the dust up one time now, Sainsbury. Yeah, this could have been the Luke Bryan song. Put a big old dipper in. Get the planks up. I like this band, though. When they're good, they're good. Uh, Bad Girlfriend's the biggest one. That's the big hit. I remember Bitch Came Back was okay. Right? Um, Bitch I, came back. My, um, what's the... What's the white trash anthem they had? Uh, low, low life. life. Low life. That low one was life was a song yeah. that when I first started this show, I was like, we should play that song every Friday when we're done. And my boss was like, no, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. You play Boston and you play Boston until they can't take it anymore. You play the bitchless edit of crazy bitches. What you do? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wake up to a cloudy day. Dark rolls in and it starts to rain. Staring out to the cage like walls Time goes by and the shadows crawl Crushing candy, crushing pills Got no job, mom pays my bills Texting exes, get my fills Sweating bullets, Netflix chills World's out there singing the blues Twenty more dead on the evening news Think to myself, really, what's the use? I'm just like you, I was born to lose Why, oh why can't you just fix me? When all I want to feel numb But the medication's all gone Forget this so-called life I am so freaking bored Nothing to do today I guess I'll sit around and medicate I am so freaking bored Nothing to do today It's true That's what people oh. do Dude, I mean, you think about... Uh, That's what people do. Uh, the, 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 the many trailer parks of Stark County right now, they're just like, yeah, I got nothing to do. Sit around, listen to the Sansbury show, and just smoke dope all day or crush pills up all day. And I mean, dude, that's very commonplace. I would like to personally take this time to thank all of you for <laughs> not chasing your dreams and sitting around by the radio. I appreciate it. Thanks. You guys are like a 1950s family just sitting around the radio listening. Little orphan joke. It didn't even sound like it. No, it doesn't. Did they switch singers? Quite possibly. That sort of sounds like him, but. This is a little bit more rappy than the normal. Oh like, God! Yeah. yeah, than the normal theory yeah. of a dead man song. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there is a new dude in the mix. I don't know. I don't know. I've seen another 
of it hurt, enough of it failed, enough of it had enough of it. I am so freaking bored, nothing to do today. That sounds like him right there. That right there, too. Yeah, you already walked up and got your polar pop, so like there is nothing else to do on your day, dude. Nope. You got nothing else. You pull those Maverick menthols right off the counter, take that 37 cents, put it in your pocket. You're halfway to that polar pop tomorrow, kid. Walk home with that skull t shirt. It's two degrees outside. You don't need a jacket. Nah. You got shorts on, a basketball jersey, a snow hat. Superman is a hero, but only when his mind is clear. It disturbs though. greatest hits on the <laughs> iPod. Walking down the street. Welcome to Tusk, bro. Snapchat live when they pop them peels. All those flavors of the rainbow. Too bad that sh don't work though. Your friends are high right now. Your parents are high right now. That hot chick's high right now. That cap is high right now. So everybody's high, dude. Like literally, all these people are high. What am I doing? Well, dude, he's not wrong. Right? I mean, we can't be like, hey, there's an epidemic of drugs going on in this country, and then tell the guy who's singing about it, going, nah, that's not true, that's not happening. I mean, dude, the guy's kind of right. That don't work, though. Your friends are high right now. Your parents are high right now. That hot chick's high right now. That cop is high right now. The president's high right now. Your priest is high right now. Everyone's high as fuck right now, and no one's ever coming Theory of a dead man It's not the end of it there. Yeah, it's the end of it. New theory of a dead man, Medicaid. Fanto, give me the vote there, buddy. It's a turn. Um, I, I understand the need for that song right now. I mean, certainly a drug anthem sounds right to me, but dude, that was nothing. You know, there, there was no anthem there. It was just like a piss poor song. So I'm saying it's a turd. I completely disagree. I feel like if, if rock formats still swung at records the way that Top 40 and Country does, that that song would absolutely find its audience. I feel like that song's not a turd at all. Not a turd! I actually feel like I got a theory of a dead man. That was pretty damn good there. And like I said, if, if this format would, would have a little bit more balls, it would take swings on records like they used to, like the way people will swing on new Fergie and the way people will swing on new Luke Bryan in those formats, that song would absolutely find its audience. Aside from that, we're done. Teresa will get you hooked up with $1,000. 10-10 is when that happens. Fantone, any big plans for the birthday, buddy? No, dude, nothing. I uh, I think I'm gonna go have I think I'm gonna go have lunch with my uh, with my parents. They both have the day off work today. Oh. My girlfriend says she's got a big surprise when I come home, so I don't necessarily know what that means. New but animal? No, dude. I um, no, it's gonna be me Monday Night Raw and uh, you know and a little bit of post show, I guess. Oh, dude, what a good day. Yeah, it's not, not the worst right there. What not a good the day. Worst, so. what a good thing. Well, dude, have a good birthday, Thank man. You, sir. Aside from that, we're done for the day. Be back at it live tomorrow morning, six a.m. on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great afternoon. See you. Bye, Stansbury doesn't have the latest smartphone. 3D scanning your face. Wow, that is one only a mother could love. The Stansberry Show. Sorry, not sorry. Rock 106.9.